Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of How Did This Get Booked? I, of course, am your host, Jake Manning, and I have held just about every job in professional wrestling, except selling popcorn. I have been doing professional wrestling for now close to 13 years, almost 14 now, so I kind of know what I'm doing when I critique things. At least I uh, just assume that I know what I'm talking <laughs> about. Uh, at least I know I know what I'm talking about. Maybe not so much what I'm doing is the question. Do as I say, not as I do is what I'm fishing for right here. And I am joined as always by my co-host, my tag team partner, my good friend as always, Zane Riley. Zane, how are you doing, my friend? Fabulous, Jake. How are you? Uh, I am very good and I am, uh, you know... Would be doing a lot better as always, but I have to watch subpar professional wrestling and talk to a non-wrestling fan about it. So I have a lot of explaining to do, uh, but most notably I need to explain who our non-wrestling fan guest on the program is today. It is comedian Evan Pittsfield. Evan, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you, Jake. How's it going? Very good, very good. Um, we're going to start as we always start with all of our non-wrestling fans you know, on the podcast, and I ask about your background. Um, I know you said you had a little bit of a knowledge of what professional wrestling is, but I want to get a grasp of what exactly is in your mind when you think of professional wrestling. Yeah, so uh, it's <clears throat> I've seen professional wrestling, but it's been quite some time. It's been over a decade. I, I think I was actually still like a sperm the last time I watched. Uh, so it'd be like 2005? Yeah, something like that. Okay. Uh, I will say it was bringing back some memories, but it, watching it this time was almost as if I had never seen it because it's it's been such a detachment. So. <laughs> well, who are the who are the top people when you were watching? Right, like so. So when I, um, I, I guess I'm part of the the new gen. So I always had like my dad's. Old, You're part like, of the Diesel and, and yeah. Shawn Michaels generation. Exactly. Jean Pierre Lafitte. <laughs> oh, please, Jean Pierre Lafitte. I had, I had, um, I had old tapes of my dad's with like Ken Shamrock on it, but that the new stuff at the time was like The Rock and Stone Cold and stuff like that. So I never saw Stone Cold with hair. If that, if that helps. <laughs> so you never saw WCW Stone Cold. No. Okay. No. So there's that place. That's how, that's how present yeah, you were. Yeah. And Stone Cold was still wrestling at the time yeah, you were watching. Yeah. Okay. So you're talking about Attitude Era. So yeah. you probably yeah. saw In Your House 19, DX, um, <laughs> yeah. Kid Shamrock was there, Shawn Michaels was there. So I, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but I could say I was alive when they had to change to WWE. Okay. Because they, you know, the whole World Wildlife thing. But again, that was, it feels like a century ago, so. Okay, well, it kind of was, and there's been a lot of ground covered since <laughs> Things then. have a change. And, and obviously during your time, you know, WCW still existed. So when I asked you, it was like, did you, were you aware of WCW? No, no not, not at all. Well, that's, a, that, that's really surprising to me, because have you always grown up here in the South and... You know. mm, uh, no, so I grew up in New Jersey. Uh, okay, that's no right. longer surprising. No longer surprising right. whatsoever. That um, that, that not... explains everything. <laughs> you know, the Yankees were probably like, you know, we we don't recognize WCW or any wrestling <laughs> below the Mason Dixon line. That's for, that's for dumb Hicks down there. The Braves can go fuck themselves. <laughs> and Ted Turner and yeah. Jane Fonda too. Mm -hmm. I was too busy watching baseball and paying tolls and what have you. <laughs> Not being able to pump your own gas. That's right. It was yeah. What an inconvenience that was. <laughs> but you thought Don Morocco was one of the best <laughs> champions the of all time. <laughs> I still do. So. <laughs> well, the show that we were discussing uh, for this podcast at this very moment is. The WCW classic Sin, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, which uh, Zane, uh, you may or may not remember when I was doing the mock-up for the How Did This Get Booked, <coughs> uh, 
uh, website, mm-hmm. uh, one of the titles that I put in, like, hey, here's the title of the show we we're reviewing, mm-hmm. just as a mock-up name, I put WCW Sin. There you go. As episode one, just kind of as a fake mock-up of what the website <laughs> might look like. Here so, we are 16 times later. 16 times, you know, six, yeah, 16 episodes later, and we finally get around to doing it when initially I thought this was going to be Number episode one. one. So We're at a Ric Flair amount of... <laughs> <laughs> the podcast, yes. <clears throat> but this show took place at the Conseco Fieldhouse, which is where the Indiana Pacers play. So that means it takes place in Indianapolis, Indiana, and it took place on January fourteenth, two two thousand two thousand one. Two thousand of two thousand of of two thousand and one, and the attendance for the show was six thousand. 617 people, which seems like a lot, mm-hmm. but in research of of that, come to find out that the building holds 18,000, so this nice. is only a third of third. the capacity nice. of the building. Everybody gets floor seats, guys. And also, I found out that roughly about this time, WCW was drawing crowds of 5,000 people. If for some of their pay per views, mm-hmm. uh, most specifically Heat Wave two thousand drew about five thousand people. So the fact that they WCW is only about a thousand people away from <laughs> ECW, quite an interesting fact. That also probably makes you think, like, gosh, I mean, ECW was kind of on the right path. Yeah, they, yeah, were, they were doing that. So I feel like the, with the demographic, maybe if Craigslist had been around at the time, more people, <laughs> more people would have maybe attended. Yeah, that's the thing. Like Twitter wasn't around. Facebook wasn't around. That you know, YouTube wasn't around. They could have capitalized on that market and mm-hmm. hit that social media market and stuff like that. Different but time. the internet was in full effect because you see WCW.com on all of the banners the whole time. Yeah, it, it is about that time in wrestling where like we have to plaster our website everywhere. Mm-hmm. Because websites are now a thing. Yeah, yeah, and, and especially, you know, because I think this is a roughly pretty close to the sale to like AOL uh-huh. and uh, that whole <clears throat> drama. I, did, I didn't have enough time to do the research on that. I'm sure most people will do, you know, research on it later and stuff like do that. Do it yourselves. Yeah, do it yourself. But there this is, is a DIY podcast. Yes. DIY some homework. This is, this is roughly about the time when all of that stuff is going on, the, the dispute over the ownerships mm-hmm. and AOL and, and Eric Bischoff <laughs> trying to come in and like buy the company. A lot of this stuff is going on at this moment in time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is that time. In fact, it was kind of weird. Like I was trying to like analyze everything I could, and, and the banners actually uh, said WCW plus com. Yeah. Is yeah that, what is did. that? Is that where's the dot? Yeah, there's no dot. It's Linux. It's yeah, it's got to be Linux okay, or okay. some sort. Right. Uh, it's got to be something along those lines. But like, yeah, I was confused as well. It, it like that was another thing too. Maybe the vinyl guys like, what's this WCW? Is that no, a dot? <laughs> that's that. That was actually back in the day where you had to fully type addresses, mm-hmm. so you couldn't afford to get it wrong because you, <laughs> you couldn't find it otherwise. There's no autofill here. That's right. So maybe that's why people. Maybe it was only a third of the audience because the website URL wasn't. Just fucking put it on there. Who cares? Yeah, yeah they were pushing WCW plus com. No wonder why nobody could like log on for tickets. <laughs> this is, this <laughs> is why the company went out of business. No one could go to the website. Well, we've figured this out. Maybe we can fold up this entire podcast. No, is, we've done it. We've there's done no it. There's no more. Yeah. The, circle was, the circle is now a plus. <laughs> that, that's exactly what the problem was. This has been another episode. Found this good book. <laughs> uh, but, but anyways, this show was actually, uh, you know, the January WCW show was originally always sold out. But, of course, now we are way past the golden era of the NWO <laughs> 
like and and that glory years so now they've now changed it to sin mm-hmm. but it's even funny this is like, like people always talk about this being one of the last pay-per-views of wcw mm-hmm. i like how like two of the three you know wcw pay-per-views like one was named sin and then <laughs> it was like, greed and one was greed so like so what's the one in the middle it was, I believe... Was it Slamboree? No, Slamboree was prior. Yeah. No, I think it was, it was like a Slamboree. It might have been Slamboree. I, I think you are you might be uh, answering another joke slash question. Line. So in the very intro of the video, they're kind of flashing like all these uh, adjectives. Mm-hmm. And I kind of hate myself for writing this, but it, was, uh, it said uh, envy and then greed and then wrath and then pride, gluttony, lust... And I'm sitting there thinking, like, this is a Donald Trump campaign. <laughs> like, every single one of those things are his exact character. Well, maybe not. Actually, there was one called Integrity. Never mind. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, that's a sin. Wait, wait a minute. What, are those all, like, names of other events? Or is no, that's what we were... Uh, yeah, that, those were all, like, you know, the names of the deadly sins and stuff like okay, that. Okay. But, but that does bring up a good point. Okay. If, if, like, two pay-per-views... Uh, coming up, they're going to name a pay-per-view Greed. Yeah. You know, maybe if WCW was around long enough, they would have had, you know, WCW Sloth. Oh, man. WCW <laughs> Gluttony. And the long run of it all, like the big payoff, could have been that uh, the Zodiac came back and won everything. Oh. Yes. Oh, man. Or or Eric Bischoff's in the middle of a field going, What's in the box? Oh, please. What's in the box? And it's like Hulk Hogan's head no. or something. Like, that would have been Oh, priceless. and then the world would have been better for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man or at least uh, Bubba the Love Sponge wife would be better yeah, God. please I, I tried to hold back like all uh, insults I was trying to watch this with, with an open mind it's just that when I watch it it kind well, of reminds just leave. me yeah. is, if that's do what you're you, doing do you think you're going to run into Buff Bagwell outside that door that's the door no but I, I, I couldn't I couldn't determine what so it's WCW Sin 2001 and I couldn't determine like what was worse in that year like this show or 9-11. Well, if we're going to get there, let's get there now. This show. Funny, this is supposed to be our first episode. The first show that we were supposed to discuss. Now it's our last. Now it's our last. WCW was an inside job, guys. It really was. Yeah, it was. We'll bring it back down. But, uh, good. On, on good a, observation. On a, on a lamer note of things, like I was saying, it did bring back some memories, and I started, uh, I started like wrestling my cat before I watched this. Video. I got pumped up actually. Yeah. So it was pretty cool, and he tapped out right away. So yeah. right away. Did he, like, did he give up a fight? He scratched my fucking face, but before I mean, I still won as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Well, I because was, at the end of the day, you could just throw him out. I just remember what. It, yeah, I, I just remember what it felt like. Uh, I, I always wanted to go to one live, and I, I never have. So, but on TV, you're you know you have to watch it. So it's pretty fun. Well, if you went to this one, you know you're, you would have been in the land of like Adidas long sleeve shirts <laughs> mm-hmm. and Harley Davidson short sleeve shirts and baseball caps. So I, I was actually I had I had an observation that this was th- so long ago that everybody in the audience looked like Fred Durst from Limpus. <laughs> It would be that time. <laughs> you mean Fred Durst? Who went to my high school? Fred Durst, no big whoop. Yeah, you're uh, right. Oh wow, he had, he went to he had education. Yeah, you know. Oh, that's. <laughs> I, I, I didn't say he, he didn't graduate. Did, he just uh, went there. Okay, that's that makes. He was sense. locked up there for a while. Yeah, <laughs> we did have a big uh, barbed wire fence around the perimeter of our high school. True story. <laughs> True story. Yeah. All right, Huskies. <laughs> 
Uh, any, any other general observations that you saw from like just like you being like a non wrestling fan or, or unaware of WCW yeah. that struck you? So like one thing I was wondering like uh, of course you see they're all they're all strong like patterns right they're all strong they're all in shape. One pattern I noticed like is it a prerequisite to be a wrestler that you have to have like a minimum of nine tattoos all over your body? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Or at least have someone around you that has enough to make up for you. Okay. Like me and Jake work because he has like four, but I've got like forty. Yeah. So like. Even I get out. him, and then like I can parlay a few people in with me that don't have any. Mm-hmm. It's got to so, be a, a. It's like a cover fee. Really, yes, yeah, like right? an average. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, now here and there, just some random stuff. I'll, I'll probably bring up uh, here later. Another random observation is like th- there's a huge kind of like macho feeling from like the men in wrestling, but none of them have chest hair. You know. So it's, <laughs> I, <laughs> It's kind of because it's kind of weird to be like, "Hey, I'm gonna kick your ass," and then he takes off his shirt, and it's like a nice, sexy, waxed. Listen, yeah, it just, it kind of conflicts with what I was expecting. <laughs> yeah, but see, that's the thing though. Is, you know, in 2001, it's a little odd. It, it may be still be a little bit odd now, but like, it's maybe to you, obviously, it's you're pointing it out. But yeah, it, but like now, it's pretty common. Yeah. Like, how many times have we seen a movie and you some like Ryan Reynolds? Mm-hmm. You True. know, they're just completely just unshaven and stuff like that. I guess I'm just upset because I went the other mm-hmm. route and now I have to do manscaping to catch up. Yep. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get on our level now. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty upset about that. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm right there with you. So, <laughs> uh, jumping right into it. Match number one, Cruiserweight title, Shane Helms versus Chavo Guerrero Jr. And, of course, the gentleman who is refereeing this contest is... Uh, Non-grade-haired Scott Armstrong <laughs> still hanging on to that. Still uh, living the dream. Still living the dream. Uh, maybe a little bit heavily dyed, but hey, more power to you, brother. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I he I, had I, a job, so whatever. She had a job that he could afford dyeing his hair. You know what I'm saying? But like you had to shave yours because you couldn't dye it. But you know, very <laughs> one of the definitely of all the Armstrongs, just as nice and smart mm-hmm. company man. Mm-hmm. Still working today. Very well respected in what he does, and very smart to be like realize, hey, you know referee might be a better career option for him. Mm-hmm. Great guy. Silver Fox. I, I found out, you know, his name is Shane Helms, but his, his stage name is Sugar Shane Helms. And I wrote down that I typically take my coffee with cream and sugar, but not with Sugar Shane Helms. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want him in my coffee. Uh, he looks like if Barbie had a sex change. <laughs> oh, oh, Sugar Shane. Oh, Sugar Shane. <laughs> I mean, he put on a pretty good show, but yeah. I, it was just, again, it was clearly a sign of the times, I think, for me. So. <laughs> it was entertaining and awkward to watch. Well, that's the thing, too, is you may not be aware of Sugar Shane's gimmick character at the time, is that he had, he was part of a boy band called Three Count, which is now defunct oh, at this time. Yeah. And okay. There were only two of them at that time, too, weren't so, there? So, yeah, it's two It was just him and Shannon Moore. Yes, because Evan Courageous had broke off from them. And was in a later match on this yeah, show. He was, he was, yeah. But uh, but they were three count and they were this boy band because it was of the time of Backstreet Boys mm, and Sync and all that stuff and they had a whole performance, you know. And of course, you know, he's wearing the, the baggy cargo Jinko shirt. Yes. Well that's but that's what's kinda weird is that I mean I, I didn't know that, but I have never seen anyone in a boy band wear clothes that are a little bit baggy. It's always like dick tight. So <laughs> he was kind of like, I'm in a boy band, but <laughs> well, I need he's, to be... the thing about Shane Helms is <laughs> he's like, I need to be comfortable too, guys. His dick is too large for dick tight jeans. Yes, so I... you gotta, you know, you gotta have some. Room that's no, that's no fact. Yeah, I would definitely be embarrassed uh, to 
to get my ass kicked by someone who's a, apparently in a boy band. I think if, <laughs> if anything could deplete all of my testosterone at once, I think it would be losing to Sugar Shane. Huh? And Chavo did everything he could not to. Exactly. And, <laughs> you know, and they kept bringing up about Chavo playing mind games during this thing, but I don't know what type of mind no. games were ever played. It seemed he, like it was a pretty straightforward yeah. contest. He didn't steal anything? No. He didn't, didn't lie about anything? No. I, the thing... Uh, it was pretty funny. So, like, I tried to look into the audience to see, like, what people, um, like, what they were writing on their posters. Mm-hmm. Just so I could try to maybe catch up on some of their, like, catchphrases and stuff. And literally, uh, it's it's kind of easy to miss, but somebody was in the audience during this fight, and they had a poster that just said, I'm drunk. <laughs> like, that's, I swear to God, that's a true story. Is that someone's catchphrase, or is, is that nope, just someone's? Nope, just a statement of oh, life. Okay. I went to sin in 2001, guys. I was a guy that had the sign that said, I'm drunk. No, I'm ser- I mean, and in their defense, I, I really hope they pre-gamed it. Because if it's anything <laughs> like baseball, it's like $9 a beer. So if he's yeah. drunk there, he's probably also bankrupt. So. Well, the thing is, like, <laughs> the, the idea is that, especially in this show, as it progressively gets later in the show, the quality of the matches go down. So hopefully mm-hmm. he's feeling a good buzz <laughs> yeah, during yeah, this yeah. match. He won't know later that yeah, it's bad. Yeah, where this is right here, like, pretty good match. I think mm-hmm. I it was very good. Uh, a little mechanical, uh, but because they had so much, like yeah. every reversal ever in this match. Well, that's the thing is we're going to see a lot of guys on, the, on this card, like your Jamie Nobles, a lot, mm-hmm. you know, you know, guys that are integral to the part of the production yeah. now. The, the cruiserweight heavy, yeah. Well, they're like they're in charge of like WWE, mm-hmm. like yeah. you know, talent and stuff like that right now. And of course, they probably tell a lot of the young guys now, "Oh, you're doing too much." <laughs> But yet, they're because I already fucking did it. Yeah, but at the same time too, when they were young, mm-hmm. they did the same exact thing. Oh yeah. yeah so yeah. It, it, it's funny how that cycle always happens. Like it's funny that someone like a Ricky Morton will tell somebody, "Hey, don't you did too much up there." But when Ricky Morton was young, he was doing all kinds of stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then the same thing happens now with your even your Shane Helms and and your Jamie Nobles. I'm sure those type of th- cycles repeat and stuff like that. Although I feel like those guys are a little bit more understanding than probably mm-hmm. even Ricky Morton's are oh, today. Yeah. They're like, hey, I was young, I get it, yeah. but maybe don't do that. Hey, I was the same <laughs> way, and I regret doing that. So Next time Shane Helms tells me I did too much, I'm going to say, I saw you in 2001 Sin. Fuck you. And of course his reply might be, yeah, I was an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> you see me now, Zane Riley? Do you think I do that shit now? I, I noticed, uh, <clears throat> I noticed like uh, from the commentators, that Shane Helms seemed to have like uh, signature moves that he applied, I guess, what he thought silly names to it, right? So the first one I heard apparently was a move called the Sugar Smack, mm-hmm. which I ate a lot of as a kid <laughs> and as an adult. <laughs> um, and then the other one that he had was, which was cool, was like Nightmare on Helm Street. Yeah. Uh, I'm really glad uh, that he called it that because this f- fight also ruined my dreams. <laughs> So, wow! It was that. It was coming that, out swinging. Well, this is. I'm not, it was the. It's the first wrestling match I've seen in over a decade. And I, I, I okay. So to redeem it, though, the one thing that was kind of cool was the sunset flip. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, that seems to take a lot of like acrobatic. Uh, oh, yeah. so I can't do that. They jumped outside the ring twice like, <laughs> from yeah. the top, and a, and a sunset flip. <laughs> well, you got you got to understand. Life I mean, 
Yeah. Okay. You got to understand, even coming to your house, there's two steps outside. I'm out of breath, right? So, <laughs> to see someone do so, a flip. So you can't look. relate to all no. of the over-the-top stuff. No. But you, something more attainable, you feel that oh. that's pretty fucking cool, because maybe I could do that, but not as good as this it's, guy It's did. baby steps for me. I understand. No, that's, I accept that. I understand that. It's it's like falling for a chick that's not exactly hot, yeah. but she's she's hot because you feel like she's within your league. I guess yeah. you probably do right. A league, but that bitch a league cosplays and that shit makes up for it. Yeah, it's exactly. it's a league of my own, really. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. Understandable. I get that. I grab that. Uh, quick question. One thing that did jog a memory was the name. So Chavo Guerrero is he related to Eddie Guerrero by yep. the chance? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. I do. I think. I think he oh, he like passed away when I stopped watching wrestling. So, so it's I'm your not, fault. Yeah, it's my. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, damn it. I do have I do have uh, hatred towards uh, people with that exact name. So yeah, it could be my, hatred. Yeah, uh, of all baseball Guerreros, wrestling Guerreros, football Guerreros. So. What it, um other than like what does cruiserweight mean? Is it just lightweight? Is it just another? Like, yeah, it's just another way. Like, so lightweight. weight class, if you would. You know, like, back then it was two fifteen, something like that. Yeah, maybe about oh, that. Okay. Because nowadays it's 205. Yes. Um, another question I had, uh, I, I, they were both like, this happened a few times throughout the show, but this is the first time it happened. They were both kind of like down, and then the ref just like started counting to 10. Uh-huh. I, I don't know if that applied to WWF or WWE, so it's like, if it if it is the match just over, like if uh, it reaches 10 and something? Yeah, it'd be like a, a double count out or like a no contest. Okay. Just something else to add a little bit more. Drama, drama, because you see at like seven they start moving again and they're okay. back into the match. Because like I guess in general, you know, you can't. <laughs> I guess it might be there as a safety net, so they're also not laying there for half an hour. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. people want to go home eventually, right? That or if they're super tired, they can have a couple seconds to breathe, uh-huh. kind of get back in the game. Okay. Yeah, I was. It was just I've never seen that before. Like if somebody, I feel like that's the amount of sleep I get is ten, <laughs> is ten seconds every day. I feel it's like the I ten seconds. Sit, yeah. I feel like I'm like oh, at nine. I'm like all right. That's like my my snooze pretty much. So <laughs> I felt bad. Uh, and I gotta say the, the the crowd audio mixed very well. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like it it, it it sounds super hot, but I don't see a whole lot of people reacting nope. too much. But like it's makes me think there's like oh. There's there's three times more people in this building than they're actually. They've actually are. sold. They've sold it out in voices. Yes, exactly. <laughs> they've, exactly. They've piped in the remaining twelve thousand. The people that are there are excited, but it sounds like there's three times as many. You people just don't there. see the excited ones. Exactly. For for secondhand market, I guess it's kind of like if you didn't make the match, here's the podcast of the match. Yeah. And then it's like I should have been there. Mm-hmm. And then you go the next time, and there's ten people there. It's like what the hell happened? <laughs> we wrestled there as well in front of the ten. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I had another random observation. Uh, uh, something to maybe give me some motivation to start wrestling. It seems like to be a ref, you absolutely do not need to be in shape. No. So, like, there's these two, like, titans, like, fighting the ring, and then Hank Hill is, like, the referee <laughs> for... So, is, is there... I mean, does it benefit you to be in shape as a ref for oh, the match? Or? Oh, yeah, because it's a lot of up and down and runs and jumps out of the way oh, kind yeah, of it's stuff. Oh, yeah, you think, and you definitely need to wear knee pads because you're always jumping and yeah. landing on your oh, knees true. and stuff like that. Yeah, so, yeah. it's it's far more active than what you think. But on the other hand, if you saw, like, su- some super jack referee and then you t- saw two small guys, you're going to take these wrestlers serious because that referee is... Yeah, it's massive. So you, you still need the more of the everyman almost of of the like body type or archetype of uh, for yeah. referee. Yeah. But nonetheless, still very active, still very athletic. 
Well, it's the referee of this match, Scott Armstrong. Yep. Very, very good wrestler, but not a very large stature. You know, and he could have been focused more on his wrestling career. He could have had like a couple of good years and then been fired. But he decided yeah. to go down the road <laughs> of becoming a referee. Mm. And now he's working with the WWE even today. Mm. So he's, oh, had, wow. he's held a job for... Longer than both the guys this match. Exactly. Yeah. No, I'm just I because I was like I, I would assume you probably don't want like the scrappy do effect, right? Where the ref is like yeah. this very small, kinda out of shape guy, like break it up, break it up. Like yeah. that. probably yeah, just... but that's the thing of him being a former wrestler gives him a little bit of validity, you know okay. what I'm saying? Like like Big John mm-hmm. McCarthy from UFC. Mm-hmm. You know, but obviously you don't want him to be Big John McCarthy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In roughing a cruiserweight match, <laughs> that, that twice as big as everybody involved. Exactly. Yeah, that'd be like a, a Royal Caribbean cruiserweight, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next thing up is Ric Flair in the back. They showed me earlier today. Typical Ric Flair. You know, he's got the short hair. Just Look, kinda... looking more like David than anything. Yeah. I, when he got out of the limo, I was like, "Oh, is David here with him?" And I'm like, "Nope, that's that's Rick." I like that Tanae was just kind of like hanging out with the microphone propped, like. Obviously, this is the segment for the interview. But if, like, if this was just to happen, is he just creeping out in the backstage, just holding a microphone, just in case shit goes down? Listen, Mike Tanay's creepy. Okay? <laughs> he is fucking creeper. <laughs> I, I creepy. was, a, like, a little... They always do, uh, like, semi-cheesy dialogue, and I think sometimes it could change, like, the way the audience thinks about it. Like, in this scene, uh, you know, they're interviewing Rick, like, who's the mystery guy? Who's the mystery guy? And Rick is like, I gotta tell you, he is under lock and key. And like the commentator's like, oh shit, he's under lock and key, guys. And I'm just like, is this wrestling or is this saw? <laughs> like, where is this guy being held captive that he's under lock and key? Game. Play game. Well, guess what? I'm the dirtiest player in that game. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. is it? Yeah, is it wrestling or is this guy's life literally on the line? Yeah, it is. Like, do we need to get the? He's kind of actually. He has to escape lock and key to get to the ring during the match, or his whole family dies. Listen, I think Vince Russo still has a hand in booking. Don't rule that out, my friend. Brother, I book now. We might be doing this soon. (laughs) I got a job with a pencil. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll get get into the match. (laughs) I must think that you're going to book it. But uh, uh, next thing up is me and Gene Okerlund talking to Johnny Bull and Big Vito. Uh, You know, this is a... Uh, this thing, funny thing about Big Vito, because he's gonna be taking on his brother Reno. Yeah, I was an avid watcher of WCW, and I didn't remember this storyline whatsoever. Not at all. I didn't realize they were brothers. No, whatsoever. It's almost like like, oh, you both are bald. Uh, why don't you just two be brothers? Yeah, you know, a uh, very very <laughs> bald racist of them to just assume that. Yeah. You know, you guys kind of look alike. You're both juice the fuck. These guys are massive. Yeah. I I thought um it was it was pretty. Uh, ironic I, when I first heard Mean Gene I had to go to Google because I was like is that the guy that does the let's get ready to rumble because it sounds just like him and then later on actually in the here, actual guy pops up uh, yeah his name I forget I Michael it. Buffer yeah he actually shows up yeah but then I realized no Mean Gene doesn't sound like Michael Buffer Mean Gene sounds like the guy uh, at an auction <laughs> he's like I've got wrestling merch for 75 75 and I'm going 85 sold like, he sounds just like that. Should keep engaged. Yeah. Old Bean Gene. Done De- it all. Definitely looks like the auctioneer that was in my town when I was sure. <laughs> Looks like old Butch Borman. <laughs> he he kind of, like, his his hair and his, his kind of bald pattern, he, 
He kind of looks like if the Monopoly man took his top hat off. <laughs> and now he's actually really selling merchandise. <laughs> he went bankrupt. Uh, but <laughs> he went straight to jail. Yeah, he did not have the free parking for no, sure. Uh, it, it was interesting. So, yeah, it was Big Vito versus Reno. Uh, this is... A lot of interesting things happened for me with this match. Two, two main things. One, I started realizing, wow, there's a lot of racist themes <laughs> in wrestling. Well, well, see, the thing is with this, the Italian stuff, and I had to be like, why was this such a big thing? And then I looked up... And I, that, you know what, know what I did? I was like, when did The Sopranos first air? <laughs> and it was in 99. And I'm like, oh, this all makes sense. This is why. Why we're pushing well, this out here. Well, being from the North, it was... The temptation was very strong for me to be like, Big Vito, why not Big Guido? Right. There, was well, already one. There, was, there was already a Guido. There was little Guido. Okay, okay. But yeah, they come out and the same music, they're, they're wearing velour suits, <laughs> which I don't know if they wear in their free time, but for the act, I guess they, they wear. And then they're playing the same Italian music that you could hear in like Papa John's in the lobby, mm-hmm. and it, I I know that it matches their heritage, but I was like, oh, this is starting to get a little a little racist, a little judgmental. I guess it fits. But. Now, like at the time, depending on if WWE owns the rights to their entrance music, that could have been piped in later for the network. So that you know means I mean? that, that that's an issue that definitely comes up, and we'll bring that up when we get there because there are a couple of times. When we have different music, and I and I noticed it for sure. I didn't necessarily notice it in this match, uh, but in a couple in a couple matches later, we're, I, I'm going to make a big stink about it. Really well, bad. mainly because I don't know what their fucking song was I originally. Think it, I think I, I want to say it was like um, uh, very similar to the Beastie Boys riff, yeah. like dun dun dun. I want to say that was the thing, but. I, that might have been like the WWE's version of the full-blooded Italians also but too. If, but if you think that that music was a slight bit racist, they could have added that shit last year. So modern-day racism shining its head upon the uh, Big Vito and Reno. Yeah, and they're both white, so it's not really racism. Yeah, so. no. They, it was yeah. just kind of weird. They're privileged though. as fuck anyway. Yeah. Well, racist is just kind of his like physical... Uh, you know, character. I, I didn't know if he was like a wrestler or if like he's the valet parking guy. <laughs> it's the hat that threw you. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's, it's a cabbie hat. Okay. Cabbie hat. Which big Vito? Like the thing about like all this. <coughs> speaking of people that like you know doing a ton of stuff, I remember being on a show with Big Vito mm-hmm. and him chastising me and Caleb Connolly for <laughs> doing too much in the opening match when the promoter specifically told us. Do a lot of stuff. <laughs> I want you to do as many high spots as you possibly can. Do dives. Do all of it. That's what I want you to do. So he's the promoter. I'll listen to him. I'll go mm-hmm. ahead and do it. We go to the back, and Vito just tears us a new one for a half an hour. Jeez. Now, I can only imagine what words he would say to Shane Helms <laughs> yeah. and Chavo Guerrero when me and Caleb Connolly didn't even do a fourth of what yeah, they shit. did. So, like, I, I always find that that funny as well. Yeah. This, is, this definitely one I talk about, like, the people doing a lot of stuff. But the thing is, ever all the younger guys doing a lot of stuff on this pay-per-view probably save it from being a complete and utter abortion. Yeah. So them doing a lot of stuff is more than welcome in this instance, And, and Itali- Italians do get abortions, too. Yeah. So that's, <laughs> that's a common... I mean, in New York, you it's turn the thing. wrong alley, you get one for free. So. <laughs> but, Little coat hanger store, next thing you know, no more baby. I, the, the one thing that's... So this is the first time that I, I was watching wrestling as a, an adult or quasi-adult. And, and so I looked at it differently... And this match in specific, 
let, I, I was, I'm hoping you can kind of chime in to see if this is true. It led me to believe like, oh, they actually orchestrate some of the matches like similar themes they do in movies. Like it's a really big, like I noticed like, oh, they're brothers, right? So it's like, oh, I've seen this before, like in mm-hmm. movies where it's like, oh, there's a, a rivalry between the two brothers and the family or something. So like every match was kind of its own entity. But this time when I was looking at it, it seems like they kind of borrow those type of narratives to make it a little bit more like full bodied. Is that, is that true? Do they do like, yeah, they so this, this is a little bit of stakes. And then like really the formula of every match is pretty similar, but like if you interject some sort of a story, like this guy is an injury or this guy really hates each other, you know, so obviously it's a grudge match. So that's why yeah. there's a little bit more tension to what they're doing, but okay. if there's no tension to what they're doing, there's no reason to get behind it. There's no way to get behind the danger. So that's kind of the way professional wrestling works. If you put some, it's just putting more stakes to everything. Well, and that, and that was cool because, like, in in around the same time in WWE, it was very much kind of like you just care about the main event, and then everything else leading up to it's just kind of like okay, this guy versus this girl, or this girl, or whatever. There was no like like this feels more full body that there's like a story or tension mm-hmm. behind. Like this is only the second match, mm-hmm. and there, it still kind of has my interest because it's not just oh two people wanted to fight. Yeah. So it, it seemed kind of kind of cool. I, I never looked at it like that before. Hmm? Any more to say about it? Like, it's not a bad match. No, was it? Like, those so, boys can fucking jump their asses off. Yeah. For, for being big ass sons of bitches. Like, Vito, yeah. for everything that he said, you know, bad to me that day, mm-hmm. he's a heck of a great wrestler. Yeah, no, I uh, can't, can't argue with that long and worked very hard to yeah. get where he was at. And, you know. When I saw him come out, I was like, oh, this is just two fucking Guido Juice heads that are just going to have some boring big man match. They had a real good match. Well, went for it, you know? Did it, nailed it. Do, Loved it. Doing okay. And he, right. and he actually didn't have spray tan, which was the first. <laughs> he was <laughs> smeared it all over the mats. Oh, yeah. Moving right along to match number three, the Young Dragons <laughs> with Leia Meow versus Jamie Noble and Evan Courageous. Um. <laughs> so, so like my only and like it's not even wrestling related. My biggest memory of uh, Evan Courageous or Evan Courageous is. Uh, I used to work at an Outback in Gastonia, North Carolina. Ouch. And he came and ate there all the fucking time. Uh, and it would be like... WCW or during WCW? This would be post, actually. Okay. Yeah. All right. He was there all the time. And like the first couple times he'd come in, they would be like, oh crap, this guy used to be, in, like, used to be a wrestler. And everybody knew I liked wrestling. And I was wrestling at the time, actually. I'd been 23, 24. And... Uh, like, oh, man, this guy's here. Like, I fucking know he comes here every week. This is not a surprise anymore. He's only coming here <laughs> to ruin my work experience. Yeah. This cocksucker has the shittiest salad requests ever. <laughs> I, I, uh, I had a bias in this match. Because you're Japanese? Well, I, from the waist <laughs> down. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, just see, I'll just see myself out. I, uh, no, but I, I have a, a bias because uh, he has uh, my name, so I automatically think he's cool. Yeah? I, I was initially, I was like, well, he's got the same name, I, I should probably root for him. Yeah. <laughs> like, in, in a parallel universe, me yeah. and Evan Courageous would be yeah. the same guy. They, really. they lost, uh, but, you know, I think Also the same guy. I, <laughs> uh, but I, uh, continuing with the uh, racist observations, I'm, I'm really good at that. I don't know if that means anything or not, but... Uh, but yeah, like, I mean, you are a social justice warrior. <laughs> so <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, yeah, I I noticed that, uh, that it said either young or Jung dragons with Leah Meow, and uh, 
I don't think her name is actually Meow. <laughs> you don't I, think that's Christian? I, and it's Leia Meow. Okay, Leia. as in Leia down. Like Princess Leia. Yeah, I, I think they're alluding to like the cat dog Chinese food joke. Really <laughs> close, but not quite for throwing in your face. Well, I think it was more of like lay, laying you down. As yeah. Going, because originally she is Kimona Wanalea. From ECW oh, fame. Okay. So, you know, yes. fame there. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, I do. That's the answer to that question. Yes. I so do they, want... They're going for that. But young, as in young dragons, because of, I believe, Jimmy Yang. Yeah. And then, of course, young. <laughs> because there's young as a common Japanese last name. Well, and also, too, Jim, Jimmy Yang is like 17, 18 at this yeah, time. Yeah, he was like, he is a wee fella. Super young. Long before he had a mustache and was doing a cowboy gimmick. Yeah, and the thing is, like, you know, Evan Courageous was part of Three Counts, uh-huh. and Jamie Noble was a part of the Young Dragons. Yes, I, that's, that was a thing. He was a mask <laughs> guy, and he was wrestling with a Japanese faction, <laughs> and like, oh, yeah, but he yeah. wore a mask, so he was basically taking away a job from a Japanese person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or some Like guys, we do, like yeah, we do. Like we do. So, They're taking uh, our gerbs. Yeah, and basically it was revealed that he was Jamie Noble from West Virginia. <laughs> WCW did something miraculous and pulled off a guy from West Virginia as if he was Japanese yeah. or Asian of some sort. Apparently his lucky numbers were truly lucky. He got the gig. He did, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I also had like a... I also noticed this is, this is the first um, woman wrestler in this show that I like in sequences that I think it's the first one that you see use and, the word wrestler a little bit loosely <laughs> really, right. I mean, yeah. well, in, in this particular true. probably yes. all these girls on this show but really hosts I guess in this case almost uh, but I noticed that um, there's clearly seems to be different qualifications for uh, not not physical qualifications for male or female but like uh, every female wrestler that I've seen in this show is like gorgeous like they're they're in shape they're extremely sexy. Can't say that about every male wrestler in this show. You know, there's a few we people. Could. There's a few. Sixteen, do what you want. Yeah, yeah, what you no, want. I'm saying there's a, I, yeah, yeah. there's a few people in the show that are like not really hitting the gym as much as they should, <laughs> but they're they're bigger than you and I, so it's like you want to wrestle. But like, it's almost like every woman has to be sexy, or you're not allowed. Well, you know, this was, this is the time when they start taking all the nitro girls mm-hmm. and making yeah, them yeah. ballets. You know, and this is also the time that they're like, oh, well, you probably should wrestle also too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? As opposed to like looking at the probably small handful of female wrestlers that are out there that are very dedicated and actually working on their craft. Mm-hmm. They're just taking beautiful girls and then just forcing them into this pro wrestling wall it, right they, now. They <laughs> seem to be like, hey, check this out. And oh, oh yeah, there are people wrestling here at the yeah. same time By if the you way. want to watch that. Well, I mean, they can either buy these girls' tits, like these these <laughs> female wrestlers, they can either buy these already good wrestlers' tits, or they could just train these girls with tits how to wrestle-ish. Mm-hmm. A little cheaper on that end. They've already got the big tits. Let's go ahead and just train them. Yeah. Or or just treat them like or no or don't or don't or just put like good female wrestlers out there and just let them go. No, no, <laughs> brother, this is this is Atlanta, all right, in two thousand. Yeah, calm the fuck down. Yeah, you. This is a company. get your feminist ass out. There's the door, Jake Manning. <laughs> We've definitely come uh, a long way. Uh, I I was impressed. Um, it, it, there's just a lot of like flips and flying and Jeanette. Like the, these young dragons or Jung or Bung Dragon, whatever the hell they're like. They're they're doing some pretty impressive shit. Oh and, yeah, and I'm I'm so glad they they won because I've seen like matches before where I'm just like this guy's getting a fucking workout and then they lose and it's like what it's, <laughs> it's very deterring uh, 
to the audience, I guess it's like, how did if he lost, like I'm just not going to the gym anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> then I should just give it. up like, now. Like, like, never mind. If doing all that, like, just yeah. doesn't get you the W, like, forget it. Because <laughs> in in the in like the promo uh, or the the intro, they they mentioned like a previous match with like Rey Mysterio. And that brought back some some memories. I remember that guy was doing similar stuff where he was just flipping all over the place. Yeah. He, he's pretty much like Robin from Batman with all mm-hmm. these acrobatics. I, I was just stunned. I was like, I can't believe a person could even do this. Like, it was pretty crazy. Yes, Chris O'Donnell was quite aer- aer- acrobatic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was. <laughs> Not, but, he was not acrobactor. Uh, there you <laughs> go. That's what, that's what I was tra- having trouble with the word. I was trying to combine them as two, uh, but... Acrobatic, Ac- acrobatic, Ac- actorbatic. Yes, exactly. Boom. Anyways, I did, guy, Jake, man. Yeah, you got me. Uh, good, good, good. I'd say good overall match. We're doing quite yeah. well. I don't, and it's this, this point right here. I'm like, why are we watching? This yeah, thing? I. This was close to the point where I texted you. I'm like, why are we doing this one? Yeah, because like for the most part, like you know, everybody talks about how bad this pay per view yeah. is, but these first three matches. They're all good. Yeah. They're all good. They're all great. I'm happy with my money so far. And then all of a sudden, ZZ Buff comes out of nowhere. <laughs> and we have to deal with Buff Bagwell and a downward spiraling <laughs> Lex Luger. What, uh... He's been on that spiral for a minute. <laughs> He's just been circling the drain. But I don't know why they, they show like what car Buff Bagwell yeah, is. Yeah, I don't it, know what like, that relevance is. that I don't get it. Like I mean, if it was like... Like, obviously, Buff Bagwell knows how to airbrush things. Like, mm-hmm. it'd be cool if it was, like, airbrush buff, but it's like... No, no. But it's just like, no, look at this, like, gay car that I'm pulling up. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with gay, but... <laughs> 2001, drive and fuck whatever yeah, you want. Yeah, in t- the 2001 terms of gay, like, dude, that looks fucking stupid. Yeah. It's like, drive whatever you want, just not a plane into the tower. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and we're back to 9-11. Call, oh, call back. Call there me. we go. It's a callback. You Almost. saved me for being homophobic, Evan Pittsfield. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's a complete save. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what I do, yeah. But that, but no, I just like, it's, it's a fucking douchey fucking yeah. car. Like, who gives a fuck that you drove it? Yeah, like, there was never really any, there, like, there was no reason to it. Like, they even, did they just want to make the ZZ Top joke? Could they not have at least been playing, like, LaGrange or something when he got out? This is, like, the purple kind of... Yeah. Little, it just, it, it, it this looks like a Matchbox it just, star. It's just fucking random and fucking weird, which yeah. we will see more of from <laughs> Buff Bagwell yeah. in a few this, matches. This, this, Minus them just getting out of that car and talking to one another, not being random and weird. Yeah. That, that kind of looked like if Barney the Dinosaur was a car. <laughs> it's a transforming dinosaur. Yeah, transgender. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And, well, I mean, he's, he's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Match number four. Yeah. Mike Sanders versus the cat with Mrs. Jones. Um, yeah, this is what I was talking about with entrance music. Yeah. <laughs> the fucking cat's entrance song that the WWE Network has put on there is fucking horrendous <laughs> like it yeah. sounds like a song from a, a copyright free cd a free but a free yeah. free copyright cd yeah, like yeah, something yeah. you didn't even pay for no, you got this on YouTube, or, or a four-year-old gets his first song that made on garage band <laughs> like that's what it sounds like. like like if memorex made music <laughs> that's what this would probably sound like right like just fucking awful and like 
I, but like the other because the original was like James Brown sounding and it was real mm-hmm. cool and funky and probably the thing that got Ernest Cat Miller as over as he was mm-hmm. you know because he's super over mm-hmm. in this match but everybody reviews this match when I look back at like reviews for this match everybody gives it an F talk about how awful it is <laughs> it has its spots don't get me wrong but fucking Ernest Cat Miller is over like a million bucks yes yeah. I, I did I did some research and I actually found out where that opening uh, track came from, they used to give out uh, like the free AOL discs at Target. <laughs> and it came with some demo tracks. And I think he scooped up one for the for the taking. So. Got that for free play in a box of honeycombs? That's right. Someone's missing out on royalties. <laughs> AOL making that money nowadays because they're in Cat Miller. Yeah, yeah you've got tunes, I guess, is what you got. Uh, one thing I noticed about this, this match, it's apparent through every match, but it was especially with... Uh, with this guy is like a lot of people make like random face spasms in in wrestling. Well, it's I, all about faces because you're playing oh, to yeah. the top of the. But sometimes I feel like it doesn't fit. Like uh, in this match, the uh, what's it like? Mrs. Jones, I think, like hit someone, and then he has this like it was one of those punches that were not really well choreographed because it's like, dude, you're like two feet away from his face, and he kind of makes his facial expression, and it's like. Did you just get hit, or did you just shit your pants? <laughs> well, you mean when Miss Jones hits Mike Sands, yeah. has, like that made no sense to me. And it's right for yeah. the referee, like that's a disqualification. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like also, Miss Jones like did a real shitty job of kicking him too. So, like, <laughs> Come on, Miss Jones, lay So in there. I think Mickey J was like, "No, that's a shitty kick. I'm not going to disqualify him." Don't sell that, Mike Sanders. Which also, too, Miss Jones is also awful at dancing, as we see in the end of this match. She is. Horrendous. Maybe she's uh, related to Mr. Jones. You know, that Ms. shitty Counting Crow. Whoa, hold on, don't. <laughs> Did you say the Counting Crow song was shit? Get out. Get out. This is over. I'll just see myself. This is over. This is over. You guys valet, I'm leaving. But yeah, yeah like Mike Sanders, the knock on him, he was always really bad in the ring, but he was a talker. Yeah. And I always remember a lot of articles like, if he could just like learn how to talk. I mean, learn, learn how to wrestle. He's such a good talker. He'd make a million dollars. Or maybe he'd be better at like commentary or whatever. Like They tried really hard to utilize him being a good talker. But watching some of these promos, I don't see him as a good talker. Especially compared to like all of the fucking like natural born theaters. <coughs> yeah. yeah, maybe a good talker compared to Chuck Palumbo <laughs> and, and Sean O'Hare. Yeah. But like very stereotypical wrestling heel stuff mm-hmm. like not blowing me like he's not the second coming of piper nah. you know what i'm saying like nah. he's just the only one of that group that can talk mm-hmm. in coherent sentences i, I think also like uh, i tried to imagine i think to get a better voice i tried to imagine mike sanders uh, as uh, bernie sanders <laughs> i think that might be a better Sanders. now yeah he is very bernie sanders-esque <laughs> and stuff like that he knows the cues to hit and stuff mm-hmm. like that he could be so. like come hell or high water yeah <laughs> i'm gonna kick your ass like i think that might do more for his character yeah. i never watched wc i didn't watch wcw at this time like i was I, I grew up with wcw but i didn't watch it at this time but at wrestle cade mm-hmm. like last year the year before two years ago um, I went to a hotel party that Kevin Nash was throwing, and like I'm just kind of hanging out on the outskirts because I don't really know anybody there, uh, and except for Shane Helms, who was the one that got me invited there. Uh, so we're just kind of hanging out or whatever, and there's this dude hanging out beside me, and I just kind of looked over at him, like, "Hey man, how you doing? Pretty good, man. How are you? Oh, you know, I'm good. Oh, name's Zane. Mike Sanders. Cool, cool." 
Mike Sanders. <laughs> yeah, cool. I, I heard you, man. Nice to meet you, Mike. I was a uh, WCW commissioner in, yeah, towards the end there. Oh, oh, cool. How'd that work out? <laughs> what, where are you going? Are you, bye, Mike. You're like, I know Colonel Sanders. Yeah, like, what the fuck, dude? I don't you... care. For the audio listening audience, I am face palming right now. <laughs> so hard. Two, fi- two fists. Just, yeah, I just, I've, I've actually pushed my entire head inside of my hand right now, if you're unaware of what's going on right now. This is an audio podcast <laughs> because I am so embarrassed of yeah. Mike Sanders. Yeah, like, oh, fuck uh, And because I, I did really like him. For a long period of time, but yes, I have had similar interactions yeah. that go down just like that. But I was actually like, "Oh, Mike Sanders!" Yeah. But then he kept pulling on that. I'm like, yeah. I've already put you over, man. Yeah, like, yeah. you don't have to keep putting yourself over. I also, like... too, Mike Sanders was doing comedy in Atlanta for a short period of time. Oh, really? Oh, wow. um, I don't know if he was or or how that worked out for him. But considering <laughs> I haven't really seen, much he's the commissioner of Laugh he... Factory. Yeah, <laughs> you know, Mike Sanders. Yes. He was he was wearing uh, a golden thong, is the best way I can describe his his outfit. Which, the last time, I guess I had a homosexual wrestling based feeling with gold was gold dust, and uh, that was their plan. Okay. Yeah, that was their plan with gold dust. Yeah, who wanted to get you little little six to midnight there? Well, I thought about it. Like, if he was wearing a gold thong and he shit his pants, would it be bronze instead of brown? <laughs> Like you've got the you've got the glitter there already. This right? fucking guy. This fucking guy. I, I told just you, love it. I told you it works hard. It does. <laughs> he writes he writes jokes. He does. Yeah. Not all of them good, but he, he writes jokes, ladies and gentlemen. Don't matter as long as you write them. Fuck but, it. Listen, he's he's auditioning for like a late night show. He hears he's got to write sixty jokes, and they're only going to take ten of them. It's all about volume. They're going to take the best ones. And that would have gone on number one for me. CC's Pizza made a late night show. No, Open uh, mic at CC's? That'd be great. Can we do that? Uh, speaking of... Uh, I'm just going to keep bringing up the racist stuff. because Please! I, Please! That's what this podcast yeah, is about. It's, yeah. it's been, Racism. It's cool yeah. that no one... You could, if you could spell my name wrong, that'd be great. I, uh, <laughs> so no, the, don't worry. The cat, uh, the cat uh, is is black. and what? Or Miss... Je- yeah, I, I, yeah, well, so she, she screams, Jeff. somebody call my mama. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's... I don't know. It's in a very ghetto tone. Well, that was and his like catchphrase. A, it's yeah. like a catchphrase, but like uh, I feel like if you're professional wrestling, like you shouldn't need any assistance from your parents. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you don't think like, his mama needs to come down there and like, hand out some ass whoopings? They need your help now, right? Because you're like Batman, and they're well. Like, I think it, not to you know. Go ahead. Talk, talk about the logistics of call my mama. <laughs> uh, are you? Wait, are you Jake, are you saying you're a call my mom, call my mama expert? I would say that I'm aficionado. Yes, <laughs> I believe it is a reference when you say call my mama. It is to bring up uh, call my mama because I'm going to beat this guy up so bad that I'm going to jail, and I want my mom to come get, get me bail out of me jail out. and like bail me out. I believe is the inference of somebody call my mama. So now I'm not Urban Dictionary, <laughs> but I believe sure. that's roughly how it is defined. So you're saying that he is adult enough. To not need his mama to come help whoop somebody's ass. But okay. not financially stable enough to bail himself out of jail? 
Uh, well, yeah. maybe. Well, it takes a lot of money to keep Miss Joneses there. Well, he had to pay a lot of money for Cronin to come down yeah, and save the day. Because he, he had to outbid Mike Sanders yep. for the run-in. Yeah, so, and that was a lot of fucking money. So obviously call my mama because I have no more money to bail myself out of jail. Yeah, no, I, I totally misinterpreted that because I'm just thinking of how big, like, you know, safety is in the name of wrestling. And I'm thinking, like... Okay, well, if like he drinks too much to drive while in the ring, like someone should probably call his mom. <laughs> mm-hmm. But otherwise, this is before Uber. Yes, yeah, this yeah, is yes. indeed. Yeah, Lyft and they're not there. They're right? Not there. No pink mustaches. Mm-hmm. This is the uh, the cab uh, days. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just I didn't understand that. Um, now you know. Now you know. Yeah. Then we cut to Goldberg with Ric Flair <laughs> rewatching that wonderful promo earlier. Case it wasn't good enough the first time. It wasn't good enough the first time, but there's an inference of what Plan B is going to be, and go, you know, Rick's trying to show this to Goldberg, but Goldberg won't shut up. Yeah. And the key point, like, what's, what's Plan B about? And like, as Rick, he's like, he's telling you right now. Like, <laughs> and this is why I'm showing you. It's like, it's like, it's like that guy that's, that's like telling you about this part in a movie. And you finally get to that part in the movie. Oh, here it is. Look, 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 look. Yeah, yeah, look, 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 look. And then the guy goes, what are you talking about? And the guy's like, no, you're talking in the middle of the best part. You know? Like, that's basically what's going on in the back of WCW right now. <laughs> it's also hard to believe because, like, well, I'm pretty sure Goldberg actually knows what, what Plan B is. Right? <laughs> I think he's just... I'm sure he's fucked enough women the night before to know how to get a Plan B. Mm-hmm. Now, is it racist to just automatically assume that Goldberg is Jewish? <laughs> no, that you're, you're actually he correct. Is, he is. He is. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Just the most jacked Jew you've ever met. That's, no, that's that, that's that's calling a spade a spade. What did I oh, say? Oh, 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 yeah. <laughs> Jeff, your lens can't burn still beams. I gotta go. <laughs> you, you said this is the last episode. Right? Yeah, yeah. Lucky number sixteen. We can't beat Flair, brother. <laughs> going for broke. <laughs> we didn't uh, have censorship till just now. Just just now. <laughs> and this shit's cutting us down. I was just yeah. allowed to get booked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the next episode will be about our show. Yes, is us being canceled and mm-hmm. stuff like that. <laughs> but uh, you also see an awkward make a wish interaction Fish. with Goldberg. Yeah, with the kids. Yeah, they, it's... a little too old. I, I don't know, but like the, this fan, whatever. That will come up a little bit later, of course. I I was kind of upset though because uh, I so I've seen like. Some of my favorite uh, like bands and comedians, and I, I'm typically that idiot that's like hanging out by the bus because I really want to meet like my idols. And I didn't think that was scripted at all. And I'm like, oh, cool, they they hacked their way to the back, <laughs> I, and they're filming yeah, on this yeah. pay per view that people are paying I, close to forty dollars for. Well, that's we can't really cool. We yeah. can't stop now. The fucking guys are here. We can't stop. There's too much money at stake. But it was. Sign it, sign it. It was like the original though, right? Because they, they didn't, yeah, there was no camera phone. So they actually just had to like stand there and talk to each other. Like, do you think he's going to come over here? Like they couldn't <laughs> just upload the guy's life to YouTube. Right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it turns out that they were kind of scripted later on, you said. So. But moving right along, Jeff Jarrett is talking with me and Gene again. I believe he calls him a geriatric slap nut. Slap nut, yeah. Uh, and a little callback at the beginning when they were going through the deadly sins. It said sloth, and then it showed Jeff Jarrett, and I was like, "Yeah, I can see that." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's the one. No, no, I think I, as we'll find out in the main event, I think sloth uh, refers to Sid for multiple reasons. Yeah. But so, is that an Ice Age reference? <laughs> yeah, it, is, it is definitely an Ice Age reference. Uh, We're about the kids here, Ed. How did this get booked? Exactly. I, I, I think uh, this match covered up a lot of. Uh, again, I didn't understand what 
the posters that said slap nuts people were holding up but this is officially right this explained yeah. everything you were yes. like you were yeah. like was this a term <laughs> yeah the yeah, thousands yeah. that was really cool that i was not he, aware he of was, he was right you next questioning to questioning your life at that time yeah, yeah. well the whole episode i was questioning my life but yeah no he <laughs> he was right next show. to the i'm drunk poster so it was just i'm drunk slap, slap nuts. nuts and i was like i don't particularly partake That's in an that activity uh, i'm drunk hit me in the dick is this a wrestling match or a college party? What's going on? Yeah, Slapnuts really didn't get over like Austin 316. So. No, no, no. <laughs> not that he has given up on it. No! He no, still he does not. it. Still does it. Still try to get it over. Still, yeah. it's like, never give up. Never yeah, surrender. Exactly. Goonies uh, never say die. <laughs> match number five. Penalty box match. Special guest referee, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Evan Pittsfield, what did you know of Hacksaw Jim Duggan whatsoever? Absolutely nothing. Uh, I know that Hacksaw didn't match what he physically looked like. Okay, so it's nice to know that you saw Hacksaw in this condition. You did not, not see okay. his pride. So am I the only person who thought that Jim Duggan Hacksaw looked like Russell Crowe? Uh, yes. No time. one in the world would ever confuse the two. Okay. Okay. <laughs> one, is, one is a very polite American <laughs> that drinks a lot from time to time, and the other one is a very rude Australian who, who drinks, drinks a lot, lot from time, time to time. time. <laughs> but, like, but, like, not just Russell Crowe, but, like, you know, sometimes he looks like the guy, like, you know, sometimes you go out to a restaurant. And, like, you know, the, the person takes your order, but, like, it's a different person who delivers your food. And it's just kind of like a belligerent cook. Like, is this your fucking food? And they just, <laughs> that's what he looks like. It's like, Hacksaw <laughs> does look like a belligerent cook, though. It's like, like, what happened to our good waitress? Where'd you come from? <laughs> we had a really nice referee earlier, and this asshole comes out for this match. He's just, oh, I'm just running an expo, right? They yeah. <laughs> <laughs> need food runners in the back. <laughs> or he's the manager there that doesn't care. He's like, is everything good? And good, I'm glad. Table touch, table touch. He's he's not glad, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But this takes, uh, it's it's Team Canada, which consists of Lance Storm, Ely Skipper, Mike Awesome versus the Filthy Animals, Conan, Rey Mysterio, and Billy Kidman. Now this is the match that I was telling you about, Zane. You being a booker, I was watching this match and I go, oh my gosh. We're going to see a penalty uh, bat box match sometime in the future. I was, uh, so a couple Because we haven't seen it since. We haven't, and give us time. And you know who we're going to have for special guest referee? Who? Hacksaw Jim Duggan, goddammit. Because <laughs> he's the only one that can do it. Yeah, he's the only one that can enforce this. Yes, exactly. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I was super excited to see Mike Awesome, because yeah. uh, a couple weeks ago we were playing 20 questions for a wrestler with uh, like me and John Skyler and a couple guys. And he was my guy. Like, I was 20 question, uh, questions for him. And after we were done, like, somebody didn't know he was dead. Ooh. Yeah. I was like, trust me, man. If he was still alive, I would build this whole company around Mike Awesome. <laughs> what? Me and Mike Awesome and some fat chicks would be running shit right now. Well, yeah, since the Evan, you got to see, like, actually one of the better incarnations of Mike Awesome. He, he Yeah, he seemed, you know, I, I wanted to bring this up. He... He seemed, of course, to be at least pawned as the, the bad... He's on the Team Canada. Right? Yes. Yeah, he seemed to be pawned as, like, the bad guy in this match. And the thing is, one, one thing I find interesting, um, as a comedian who has to, like, figure out how to entertain people, I'm always trying to figure out what to say. And some of the things that he's saying are, are just cheesy as shit, but the entire stadium is is reacting to this guy, right? Like, he's 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 standing there on the mic, and he's like... Well, that's, Lance that's Lance Storm. Oh, Mike Austin was the big guy with the long black hair. Yeah, he was the tall oh, Okay, okay, okay. Well, yeah, Lance Storm is saying, like, uh, you wanted my attention, and now you have it. 
and then the entire audience was like, oh, shit, they have his attention. And I'm just like, I, I thought that's the point. <laughs> Last Storm don't give no attention to nobody. Like, but he's like shaking and he's, he's really tense. So I guess, I guess he's reaping everyone's attention, but it's, and he's like, come hell or high water, this ends tonight. And I'm just like, well, yeah, I mean, it's happening. It's happening tonight. So it probably will also <laughs> end tonight. It can't still be going. Yeah. I don't believe. He's got to end it. It's by technicality. You know. Exactly. Uh, but it was, I, I noticed again, going back to themes. Okay. I noticed this was kind of the classic like U.S. versus Canada thing. Except there was only one person from the U.S. True. in this match. True. And then when they start trying to get the USA chant while uh, the animals were down, like Conan's taking heat and H- and Duggan's trying to get a USA chant going. It's not necessarily true because Conan was born in in, in the states. And Ray Mysterio. Oh, okay. In the States. Ooh. Uh, they, they are, they are Mexican Americans. They're not uh, Mexicans in America. Uh, Conan has made that very clear and, and discussed. That's why uh, Sin Cara didn't get over quite as well <laughs> in WWE. There's oh. a big difference. So. So then USA all the way. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely USA all the way. Yeah. Spe- so. Speaking of posters, again, I, I saw a. Uh, I guess someone in the audience was very much for. Team Canada, I saw them holding up the Molson Light uh, <laughs> beer logo. I guess they were like last minute, like, quick, what the fuck's from Canada? Because well, I like that guy. <laughs> they drew a picture of the Molson Light. I, I did like the one guy that had the Canadian flag, but was also wearing a Detroit Flyers uh, jersey. Like, the two are one and the same. Like, how they fucking match? Who cares? Well, like, I just heard somebody last night at, at a bar say, like, uh, oh, I'm from Detroit, so I like everything from Canada. Like, huh? Is that yeah. how that works? It is. I literally heard that from somebody. Yeah. You don't understand. I, I have to cheer for the Blue Jays because from a Detroit. I'm like, no, you have to cheer for the Tigers. Yeah, that's what you that. have to do. Well, that's, that's what I feel like. That reconfirms that, that Canada must not be a great place because that means that their biggest fans don't even live there anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> their biggest fans live in the shittiest city in the world besides any place in New Jersey. <laughs> I'd like to talk to one of them. Like, yeah, I really love Canada, so, you know, I left. Yeah, <laughs> so I went to Detroit <laughs> to prove it. Yeah, to prove how much I love Canada. Yeah. <laughs> it was the better option. But, uh, yeah, like, here's the thing about Mike Austin. He was the fat chick for Thriller. Oh, yeah, he, he was. was. that 70s guy. Okay. And he claims a lot of his prior bad gimmicks were because he was Horace Hogan's cousin. And because of the whole, you know, incident at Bash of the Beach with Hulk Hogan and Vince Russo, he feels like he was being punished oh. and put all these awful gimmicks. And now he's finally in a... In, in a character in Team Canada where he can flourish. Mm-hmm. And I've always been a big super supporter of Mike Awesome, mm-hmm. but I've always heard for a very long time, he goes, how little he can work. He's always been very physically impressive, but mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of people talk about how bad he was in the ring. I definitely can see it in this match. Uh, I think it's because there's multiple people and multiple things <laughs> yeah. going on. It is, But to, to that extent, I think it just, this match just shows how good Lance Storm is at yeah. being the glue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He does yeah. a fantastic job of pulling just everything together at all moments in time mm-hmm. during this entire contest. He, like, this could have gone off the rails. Like, this could have been the exact moment where the pay-per-view went off the rails. Yeah. But because of Lance Storm's ability to hold things together, he kept this runaway train on the tracks mm-hmm. somehow. Oh, yeah. Ely Skipper tried really hard to derail it a couple of times. <laughs> yeah, he did. But, but I'll tell you what, Lance, Lance Storm, like, no! Lance brought it back together. Shut the fuck down, Ely. You know, in, in, this, in this match, I kind of felt like uh, 
you know, Lance Storm was was Jim Carrey from Dumb and Dumber, and and Mike Awesome was just kind of like Jeff Daniels from Dumb. And Dumber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all know who we're here to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was a tag team, but you but know. there was one in control. But there there was something that everybody wanted to see, which obviously was Major Guns getting hosed down for no reason whatsoever with what they called water. Yeah. But that shit was baby oil. Oh, that yeah, that was some sort of. I've never solution. seen shiny ass water before. Oh yeah. yeah. This is, uh, I'm, I'm trying to make sure, this was the match where they brought out the penalty boxes, right? <coughs> yes. Okay, so I, I made another uh, made another racist observation. Good. So the black guy was the first one in the box. So that's, <laughs> it's pretty, pretty fucked up. First. Yeah, you know, they say Mace Windu dies first in Star Wars. And, <laughs> and Mr. USA tax on Jim Galvin was the one that put him there. Yep. America. It's, it's America. Just, yeah, yeah, I want to make it clear I'm, I'm defending the... <laughs> The fact that this was kind of messed up, but I don't think I don't even know what he did. I just saw them ask him to go to the box. Just get in the box. They're like, "Don't come out." Don't What's in the kids. box. Team Canada. Team Canada. Team Canada. Elite Skipper. Which, the by the way, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the whole reason he's in Team Canada is because he played Canadian football. He's actually American. But oh, I think yeah. That, I think that was the whole reason that he was on Team Canada. Like, yeah, I used to play. For a Canadian football team. <laughs> so you're in Team Canada now. Yeah, like. yeah see? Yeah. But like being in the box, that's that's one of those things that would be totally different now versus then. Right? Like then, 2001, he, they put him in the box and he just had to actually stand there and wait. Like if it were 2016, you'd be put in the box and you're like, let me check my Facebook, see if anybody commented on <laughs> Like you have things to do, you know? Yeah. And, and if I recall, the box had like, it was sealed. So you could actually see his breath like on the plastic. I'm like, yeah. this can't be Because like, it was supposed to be like a real like penalty, penalty box. Yeah. It was open at top. Uh, oh, okay. I was like, yeah, it's like, it like a real hockey penalty box. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was pretty interesting. Uh, and there were some things that happened that I thought people should have went to the box, but they didn't. <laughs> yeah. well, like I said, this this really could have went off the rails a couple of times. Insanely so. And, and even Billy Kidman, too. Like, I always heard the knock on Kidman not being that good, but I remember growing up and liking Kidman. He was my favorite. But, but seeing him wrestle like Lance and being just like kind of off and not really there, but like Lance making it look fantastic, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I clearly see yeah. what everybody has been talking about all of these people in this match. <laughs> and I see how great Lance mm. Storm is at just holding it all together. And like I said, uh, you know, like, I don't know why we didn't see more penalty box matches, to be quite honest. Well, give it time, Jake Manning. Give it time. <laughs> give it time. Like, I don't... I don't see how they did so well in the fact that he was like everything was a penalty box time. Like everything yeah. they did, get in the box. Yeah. I don't see how that didn't fuck up people's timings in certain aspects of the match when he's just handing them out so flagrantly. Like I it blew blow my mind how much I feel today people would have to talk about these exact spots <laughs> and down to a T and like how they were giving like two minutes for some stuff, but was it really like how worked was that time in there? Yeah, like it was very loose, and like I said, it, it, it really kind of lent itself to disaster. Because the thing is, too, they could be getting to a point, mm-hmm. and they may not be letting him out, or letting him out too early. Like there was a lot of things that could have went wrong with this match, but somehow didn't. When you put Lance Storm and Hacksaw Jim Duggan together, <laughs> only magic occurs. That brain trust <laughs> yeah, right there you know, alone. That conglomerate yes. of intelligence. The, the, the one thing that I, I realize is like... Uh, you know, a lot of people accuse wrestling, like, oh, is it real? Is it staged? And I, I found out that being a person that's only getting lazier, that helped me identify that some of this has to be staged. Because, you know, some people are like, oh, is that a real kick? Is that a real punch? 
But I'm sitting here watching this match, and I'm like, okay, if those are actually steel cages, and someone actually had to carry those out, someone's going to go in the box. You know? <laughs> Some guy didn't lift those to then have nobody go in the box. Because why <laughs> just the just fuck safely you do assume that. that why would that, you? Oh, man. Twist. Everyone plays by the rules. No one ever gets in the box. I just made boxes for no reason. WCW just spent that money for no reason. Yep. Like I quit. I'm not carrying PWX this. PWX just I'm spent not, all this money for no reason. I'm not carrying this fucking box out anymore. <laughs> they never go in the fucking box. My arms are tired. Like it's it's just like well if they're bringing it out something's got to happen. <laughs> Cut to Natural Born Thrillers promo where they reveal that Palumbo and O'Hare will be representing them. Mm-hmm. Which I, I I remember when they did this and it was just really funny because. Like, it was always Palumbo and Stasiak and O'Hare and Jendrak. They were the teams. Mm-hmm. And then for whatever reason, they're like, they switched that. Uh, obviously, because they're like, it had to be because like, ah, uh, we don't know so much of Mark, Mark Jendrak. He might be a little, little too new, a little too mm-hmm. green. So I put him out there. But they felt that Palumbo and O'Hare was the best That's the of, of, of all the natural born thrillers. Mm-hmm. To represent them as a tag team. This is your A team for this, NBA Jam. Yeah, like this is <laughs> yeah, this is your A team here. Uh, like. When I watched this, uh, I'm glad that um, Sean O'Hare looked like this because I, I googled it and Sean O'Hare like this haircut he had it was not what he used to look like. And, but this match... Or what it looks like now. Yeah. Well, yeah, like, so this match specifically... So I was waiting for it. Uh, <laughs> I was going to do you it. You wanted to do it, but I'll it was, take it. It was going to be... Oh, you should see it now. Listen, I'm... I'm, 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 I'm he's I'm, dead, by the way. He's by the dick. Oh, uh, okay. He, he, but don't it, let that hinder you from shitting on him. I'm not going to stop I'm a, Yeah, I think I'm going to do more, actually. He, in this match... <laughs> oh, fuck. In this match, he just... He looked like uh, jacked Jeremy Renner to me. Yeah, yeah, I can see that one. Okay. Like Hawkeye, if, a little Hawkeye action. Like cockeye, almost, you know? Like, if somebody came up to him and said, hey, man, you weren't that good in the Avengers, he just, <laughs> he's like, what? And then he just turns into Sean O'Hare. I was amazing in the Avengers. I'm an underrated character, damn it. Like, but, uh, he, he looked, uh, he definitely looked like a pretty jacked guy. Uh, mm-hmm. Very intimidating. Mm-hmm. I feel like, I feel like I, in this match, I feel like I've seen the name Terry Nash before. Has he gone back and forth between? So much so, his name's Kevin. Kevin Nash. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Kevin Nash. Yeah. He was in uh, hit movies such as The Punisher, uh, Magic Mike, Magic Mike Double XL. I think we've had this exact same conversation. We've had the same exact. How much? That's right. Kevin because she, the only one she did know was uh, it was the last one. It was the TNA one. Because yeah. all she knew was Magic Mike Double XL. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Di- I don't know if it's Diamond. He was Dallas. Super Shredder in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh yeah. <laughs> D- Diamond Dallas just looked like old. Like Diamond Dallas kind of looked like like my dad was just a, uh, a set in for someone who missed the match and they just needed another wrestler. Well, he started wrestling in his forties. Yes, started his career okay. in his forties. And like this is kind of like been a couple of years since that yeah. start. So he's wow. close to his fifties. And now he's doing yoga. Yeah, well, that, hence why they were doing the stretching in the locker room. Yeah, the, the, we may have saw the genesis yeah, of DDD, DDP it. yoga on WCW Sin. <laughs> What, was this uh was this before or after the like <laughs> Mang Terry Funk bathroom? They were, that is the next match. That is exactly what oh, we're sorry, gonna talk about. Sorry, is sorry. match number six, which is Ming versus Terry Funk versus Crowbar with Daph Daphne. Um I wrote a note down that just says this match happened. Because <laughs> just listing off that this happened on this universe, I didn't realize this ever happened. 
holy shit. Like, the <laughs> fact that these three men came together and were in the same match together yeah. in the same universe, and it was televised? Like... On a pay-per-view, nonetheless. Blows my mind. What were your thoughts, Evan? Well, so from a, a complimenting wrestling uh, perspective, this was one of the first fights that I didn't think was staged because it was just so unpredictable. I mean, I know that it, they were just grabbing kind of random props and hitting each other with it, but it just seemed to, to never end. You know? like, <laughs> it sure did. Like, it you know, sure you know, did. You know some of those, like... Uh, like those Tom Cruise movies that have like eight endings and you're like, oh, there's another one. Like that was kind of this match. But I did, on a funny note, I did catch a glimpse when they first went into the bathroom. Uh, it was actually the woman's bathroom. Mm-hmm. And so, again, just to show the time difference between uh, 2016, particularly in uh, North Carolina with, yeah. H- with HB2. If that had aired uh, in North Carolina, that, w- that would have been a, a red flag. They would have all got tickets. Yeah, they right. would have all got tickets in North Carolina if this happened. That's es- right. Especially if, if a lady with uh, testicles was changing her baby in that very yeah. bathroom. Uh, someone would have threw a shitstorm. Exactly. They, they would have all committed a crime. It would have been televised and there would have been the proof. <laughs> Whatever the penalty is for going in, in the bathroom. The Maybe bathroom. Pat McCrory was just a really like opposing force to WCW and they saw that it was like I'm fucking done no, no wonder why he's always saying that hey we have to take other things in consideration of this bathroom mm-hmm. but we have mm-hmm. to take in consideration the flagrant you know use of hardcore matches in the <laughs> middle of our women's restroom what guys what if you're there ladies popping a squat and me and Terry Funk just fighting their way in <laughs> What, what? You try to tell me that you don't feel violated? There's some sort of replications we have to keep. We have to keep our children safe from Ming and Terry Funk, guys. He ripped a man's teeth out once. <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty sure that is not an OSHA regulated bathroom. Uh, no, one thing that I thought was was pretty funny is as they're kind of navigating through the bathroom, uh, there's like a janitor that kind of looks at the you know ball of fight and there's like oh whoops and just kind of like gets out of the way <laughs> he just fucks off and I, 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 I just think it's really funny because at one point right they had to have the conversation where they're like okay so when they're in your bathroom and they're breaking like all your shit like just pretend to be like disrupted and then walk away and i could, <laughs> I could just imagine the janitor being like i am being disrupted like, you're breaking all job. my shit like, I gotta you, clean this too? Yeah, I just cleaned this bathroom. I just bought this, be careful, this floor is slippery, signed yesterday. You said <laughs> and I no could, one slipped on the floor. Yeah. You, you said I could leave at 8 tonight. I'm gonna have to clean all this up. Yeah, yeah, but Mang and Terry Funk are here, so just fucking... <laughs> Crowbar's gonna be there. <laughs> the fuck a crowbar! Yeah. But um, the funny thing, it's obviously a hardcore match for the hardcore title. The WCW Hardcore title came around because of WWE's success of the Hardcore title. But I find it funny that they put over Ming winning the belt. And then, like, a week after this match happened, he's back working for WWF. (laughs) WWE, that is. And was a surprise entry in the Royal Rumble. They put a belt on the guy that obviously wasn't even locked out on a contract whatsoever. And just, like... Well, they had uh, WWE had already bought it. They'd already bought... WCW. At this time? Yeah. Really? Yes. They had bought it before this pay-per-view, but didn't do anything with it till after. I read that in the Wikipedia. Oh, okay. That's what they meant by the sale. Okay. Yes, that was... That had already occurred. What I had found a little odd, too, in the bathroom... Yes, go on. Uh, it was... I just... I'm obvi- most of my humor is born in the bathroom. And uh, for the people who can't listen, I put air quotes around uh, humor. 
I yeah, so, so like, they they <laughs> God uh, yeah they they had uh, one of those uh, you don't really see them anymore. They have one of those kind of uh, vending machines on the wall, mm-hmm. and this is very mm-hmm. tough to see because you know, HD didn't exist, and I had to pause the video a few times. But I made it out. One of the slots was uh, Advil, mm-hmm. and then the other slot was a condom, and then the other slot was a diaphragm. <laughs> So uh, apparently, this actually—it's one size fits all for diaphragms. Apparently, it was a fast forward to 2016 because they're supporting both gender products in the same bathroom as is already. Man, and I'm pretty sure that's what I was confused because that's the behind the stage bathroom that did not. That's there all the time. Yeah, that didn't appear to be a public access restroom. So I don't know. Like in between fights, is Terry Funk like I really need a fucking Advil and a condom? (laughs) Terry Funk needed all three in the same match. Okay, it was very confusing. Uh, This, I guess, just the last comment. This fight just kind of reminded me of uh, like me and uh, like my mom fighting as a kid. Oh, you always got to get the last word, you know. That's what this fight felt like. He's like, I'm going to hit you with a chair. And he's like, yeah, well, I'm going to hit you with a garbage can. And it just never, and they literally never seemed to end. And it just kept going. It's very, they live. I think they just rang the bell and they're like, you're done. You're- <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, <laughs> there was the very beginning as soon as uh, Terry Funk is coming down the aisle. They're putting over the fact that, like he's a living legend and all that stuff. Oh my God, just look at it. Terry Funk walking. Isn't it the craziest thing you've ever seen? I'm like, yeah, because motherfucker has no kneecaps. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty soon people be saying that about myself. Yep. Uh, but yeah, and it I, amazes I, me too that Jake's still walking. <laughs> and I love how people are laughing at people getting hit in the head with chairs. Mm-hmm. This is pre CTE and yep. concussions and everything like that. Will Smith hadn't made a movie about it yet. Yes, tell the truth. You know, what would be the wrestling <laughs> version of that? Whoa. Maybe Ernest the Cat Miller would have been the Will Smith character to that. Oh man! And, 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 tr- and that maybe they, that's what he was trying to address with Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. But Ric Flair wants to talk about caviar. Yeah, saying it's on and, me. And he don't want know that caviar. He wants collard greens and neck bones. Evan, you got anything to say about this since you've been like telling yeah. the racism over yeah. there? Uh, Real clean segment. Loved it. No comment. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I've reached my max racist. I'm. I'm more. I'm more like find it funny that Rick Flair's like it's on me. It's on me. Yeah. Just Rick. And I, I want to get a Rick to save your money. Yeah. Save your money, Rick. Don't do it, Rick. Don't Don't even like not even. Don't even pay for the college. Save your money. <laughs> yeah. Right? Not even. What? Soul food's a lot cheaper than the caviar, but still save it. Mm-hmm. Is this is this like the part where they're looking at Ric Flair and he's talking about like more of the rumors of the mystery fighter and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. And this is also the part where we talk to Sid Vicious, who's wearing a okay. hat three sizes. Well, okay, ball. so before we get to that part, <laughs> talking about the early Cat Miller uh, thing, Ric Flair, they're talking and talking, and Ric Flair is like, "All right, well, I'll see you later." And like early Cat Miller walks off, and then Ric Flair goes, "Take the night off." <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> too late, motherfucker. All right, wrestle. Yeah, like I've what? already done my work. Yeah, take the night off. Some like compared so- to what? <laughs> In, yeah. in, in this scene, um, no matter what I'm watching, like wrestling or anything with with comment, like live commentary, um, I, I can do pretty well with like ignoring it. But this is the first time where I remembered that the commentary was was not fluid because they were like really just kind of stating the obvious, and it, it got really mad because the guy is pressuring Ric Flair. Well, it's a radio broadcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, like he's pressuring. It's on Rick, NPR. Don't worry about it. He's pressuring Ric Flair again. Like, who's this Mister Guy? Whatever. And then Ric Flair essentially says something along the lines like, uh, look, the guy, you know, just leave him alone. I want to keep this, you know, 
uh, under the hood and I, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want any rumors spreading. And then they're done. The commentator's like, did he seem defensive to you? <laughs> <laughs> and I wonder what listener at home is like, you know, it wasn't really clear to me. <laughs> but after you said that, now I can kind of see uh, you, you crying the was. shit out of him for information. Probably <laughs> made him a little defensive. So I, 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 I thought it was pretty interesting. Okay. So uh, uh, Sid Vicious with his super tiny hat. Super tiny. Holy hat. shit! Like Lid Vicious. It's not. It's not bad enough that he's in a Canadian tuxedo. Oh. But he's got this small, small hat. Small, small hat. And just looks ridiculous. Oh. Yes. <laughs> I think he had something going on at this time. I I, I remember him referring to his shoot. Uh, I don't get to it later because he talks about the eventual thing that happens in the main event, which we'll get to later. <laughs> Let's get to match number seven: O'Hare Palumbo <laughs> versus DDP Kevin Nash. The Insiders, which is a joke from Outsiders. outsiders. So, um, because the Outsiders were Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, but um, then Sanders comes out with all of the thrillers. Flair comes out and sends everyone in the back, which was just this just taking, a waste of time. It, I said, I said, I fucking, I, I have a, in my notes. I fucking hate this shit, but <laughs> it fucking happens. It nothing infuriates me more when it comes to televised pro wrestling, whether it be like on Raw or pay per view events. When like somebody brings somebody out the ringside, somebody gets their. It's almost like it was just so Ric Flair could have an entrance on the show. Yeah. So, just so his music could play. So his music could play, so you could get that That's, reaction, and then tell somebody to go to the back. And no, it's nothing, nothing fucking pisses me off more <laughs> than that in professional wrestling. No, I, I was. I mean, I, I had a note here that's very similar. I was saying this just kind of seemed like this was Ric Flair's, um, what's his name, Stan Lee cameo for wrestling. Okay. Like, okay. Hey, by the way, I'm involved. I gotta go now. Yeah. Pretty much, right? Yes, yeah, maybe about right. Had Doug Dillinger with him. Mm-hmm. So. But um, it, it was it was interesting to say the least. It's weird because uh, Ric Flair seemed to have, uh, although a short hair, more hair now than <laughs> he grew a little bit of hair while he was in the back. Like also, he could still do the the Ric Flair woo uh, without having like diaphragm issues. And mm-hmm. now he's mm-hmm. you could tell each woo. It's kind of like, do I really have to fucking do this anymore, guys? Could you just record it? You know? Like, oh no no, he, he still has to and he still wants to. Still sure. woos. Uh, and, and, he he that. And, and he doesn't even own it, so... Like, <laughs> <laughs> he does it all. I did this for, uh, he bought one of those diaphragms back in the quarter machine. <laughs> in the <laughs> girl's room. <laughs> Call back. <laughs> uh, yeah, a lot of people rate this match as being really awful, but I feel like this is kind of what you expect. Yeah, like... You know, and then the thing is too, would it be so bad if it happened, like, second? Probably not. Yeah. Yeah, you like, it's... This is what it is. And also, too, like, I don't know if it's because, like, I see Kevin Nash now, and, like, he, obviously, he's got, he's got, like, way more miles on him he is yeah. at this point, and even, like, DDP. 15 years of miles. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Like, it's, like, especially as this card gets later with guys that have been wrestling for a while, like, people rip apart, like, the rest of this show, yeah. like, you know, talking about how bad it is. But to me, I've seen most of these guys 
wrestle like just a couple weeks ago. So and this is like them in their prime. So to me, I'm like, they're killing it right now. <laughs> like that's kind of how I feel. They're phenomenal. Yeah, like like so I like keep it keeping that perspective. So when I read back reviews, like I was like, you guys were being rather hard on 2001 Kevin yeah. Ash right now. I just I just kind of thought like uh, I agree with you that the flow was kind of disturbed and said like I guess it's supposed to get better 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 but this was kind of like if someone hit like the pause button because like I, I don't know if it was the camera angles or if it was the actual wrestlers themselves but out of any match this was the first match where I was starting to see uh, like fake moves you know like the, the I, I noticed that here and there when they do punches like they also like stomp the ground and I started uh, getting yeah, uncomfortable. Like the the, the Hoyers and Palumbos are very much. Well, when DD sure. when DDP did it, I was like, "Are there fire ants in here?" Like <laughs> he was. I think at one point he wasn't even throwing punches. He was just stomping. The just ground. stomping, and the other guy was jerking around. Yeah, it it was just a little like. Uh, well, if anybody can do that, it's DDP. It's for sure. And, and the, there were, there were a lot of hiccups throughout it. Like there was a point where Palumbo and a hair forgot who was legal, and there's like you do with the pin. He just seems kind of like an old-fashioned guy. I was just getting ready to see him do like a stop, drop, and roll fire safety video or something. I was like, what the hell's going on here? And of course, like Lex Luger uh, and Buff Bagwell get involved. And of course, Buff dressed as a, I can't tell, a racist handyman or a bisexual handyman. So I don't uh, really know. What is Garth Brooks' alter ego? Chris Gaines? He looks like Chris Gaines. Okay, Chris Gaines is Jack a Chris Gaines. We'll go with that. Okay. I thought it was Garth Brooks. but Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's his first thing. And, and hit and hit and hits him with the with a wrench, and then take it and like unveils himself, laughs, and then runs away. And that's all you not hate. runs away, but slowly walks away. Like doesn't put the disguise back on to sneak <laughs> away, but clearly saying, "Hey, hey, I robbed the bank. <laughs> all right, I'm going." Like just very weird. Just and they'll never catch me. I'm John Dillinger. But also, too, it's just like, you know, why couldn't you just run and hit him with the... If you're going to unveil yourself anyways, why dress up? There was no real reason for you I to... I think be, it was to sneak through the crowd as not to get noticed. But Lex Luger snuck through mm. the crowd, no problem. And he's wearing a cut-off sweatshirt. <laughs> he's the biggest guy there. Yeah, like, if you're going to notice anybody, it's not a spy or Rex, Lex Luger, okay? like Lex Luger looked like... Uh... For some reason, I'm forgetting his name, but uh, I think Kurt, yeah, he looked like Kurt Russell on the cover of Big Trouble in Little China. <laughs> As a person, that's what he looks like, because he has less hair to me. He's the direct DVD version. He's, for uh, sure. He's the Lorenzo Lamas he's version. The, <laughs> he's the poor man's Kurt Russell. I, if the I, Kurt Russell for the working class. What I thought was uh, interesting, again, with posters is... Uh, some people are pretty like gutsy in terms of predicting what's going to happen. Like I think this is the first fight um, in this episode where there's uh, some bloodshed. I think after the wrench, I think uh, Kevin Nash is like bleeding, and somebody actually had a poster that said Kevin Gash. And I, of course, I was like, "Is that another guy?" And then I'm like, "Oh, maybe he means the bleeding gash in his." Maybe he actually wanted that to happen. <laughs> he so, was had a premonition. That's just like a very ballsy poster. You might not use it that night. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe they were inferring to something else. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Call him a pussy. That's true. I see. I see. But speaking of blood, yeah. it's really out of the and thing. pussy. Yeah. Whoa! Whoa! Francine <laughs> didn't make the move to, EC, to, to WCW's here, <laughs> um, Match number eight. First blood match. So it's funny that they have blood right before uh-huh. the first blood match between General Rection and Shane Douglas, but this isn't just the regular first blood match. 
It's like a Lord of the Chain match. As if this is the only object in the history of the world mm-hmm. to bust anybody open. When we just saw Buff Bagwell bust over Kevin Nash mm-hmm. with a wrench. Yeah. Maybe she put that wrench yeah, no on the top. You know what I'm saying? Hang like, that chain off that wrench. Well, not to mention previously, right? It was like Mang and Terry Funk were like throwing garbage cans and like going through tables. Like I've stubbed my leg on a table before and it's been bleeding, but uh, apparently you need that specific wrench. <laughs> that, that chain yeah. hanging from the end of all just chains. That one. Just that one. But, but I must say though, um, the promo beforehand, the classic line from Shane Douglas General erection, I'd like to direct your attention. <laughs> Just, bravo. Bravo, this, sir, in writing. Uh, now I know why you were an accredited writer on the, <laughs> on the classic movie, Wrestlers vs. Zombies. That line right there was the top of your resume. <laughs> he made for it. For sure. Hey, that was the resume. <laughs> that was the resume. Uh, I loved it. <laughs> this is the match that I would say, it happened. Yeah, like, see, here's the weird thing. I, I love... You know, both of them. Yeah, I do. I, do. I love Shane Douglas. I, I love Bill DeMont. Always been su- both of them have been super cool to me. I don't know stylistically they match together, no. but I think this whole thing was just a setup for Shane Douglas to get the U.S. belt. Well, anyways. and then like because like every every match had a real good like intro packet, and then like every match like would be alluded to early with the promo, and they would come back to it later, and they made every match seem like a big deal. Except for this one. Yeah. This match. Yeah. They made more of a big of a deal that the Young Dragons and Noble and Courageous weren't really on the card right. than they did about this match that was on the fucking card. Yeah, for the U.S. title. Yeah. And this is essentially like Shane Douglas winning his first singles title in WCW since and returning. Yeah. You know? And it I, ends I, two months later. Yeah. I, uh, I, I was kind of having a, a bit of a conniption because i was looking at uh generations attire his uniform and like so in the top left shoulder he has like a really bright green like arrow and then in the center he's got like a vibrant pink like question mark and then on like the right leg it's kind of like a bright blue like stops on i'm sitting here thinking like his attire kind of looks like if somebody pressed pause in dance dance revolution <laughs> You know, and you're about to go like people are like stepping. people are there like waiting to see like oh who's gonna win this match? But I'm just watching this at home, thinking like, does his attire glow in the dark? Oh man, I hope I'm sure it does. <laughs> I'm sure. It does. Can we just turn These the lights off? Glow in the dark kind of, but yeah. I'm, I'm more concerned about the WWE edit of this thing and like <laughs> the song that they picked. Like it sounds like something that's labeled in Garage Band. Big band shuffle number two. Like, that's what this sounds like. Like, it's so bad. And it's because it's like, it originally was like kind of a riff on war. What is it good for? Yeah. You know, like, war. Huh. You know, like, that was the kind of what they was going for the entrance song. General. Huh. Erection. Yeah. Like, that would have been acceptable. <laughs> I would have I would have loved for you to just sing that, <laughs> just me doing that. over his intro as opposed to. Copyright free big band shuffle number eight. When we start doing the how did this get book live things, uh, we should start humming people's interest music when it's real bad. But he was also kind of like a little old too. I think maybe a good introduction would have just been like that commercial for the general insurance. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Maybe a, maybe a, pre- uh, a precursor to that. Yeah, maybe so. <laughs> yeah, I think that really set the mood. Uh, you got caught with the chain right away, right? 
Yeah. But it, yet had had backup chain. Backup chain. But at the same time, too, I wonder if it was a sense of like, oh, you caught me with this chain. You won't think to search me more because you already Recall. found yeah, me out. Course. But I don't know if there was that many levels to it. I would like to believe that because I like both of these gentlemen that they put that much care to the story. Yeah. But we're still fighting over a chain that's hanging above head. Like, <laughs> Which, when there's perfectly good quarters on the ring step. Yeah. You know, like... And, and they haven't acknowledged the fact that there might be ladders anywhere. Yeah. And my favorite part and least favorite part of this whole match is when, like, Hugh Morris goes to the top rope and has that moment of, well, maybe my fat ass can just jump up there. <laughs> I'm really like I love that that happened. It's not that high. I'm super upset he never attempted it. Yeah, that would have been awesome. Just one time, Woody Harrelson, white man can't jump style, just <laughs> lunges towards the chain and totally eats all shit. I'm just thinking like you know these guys spent a lot of time trying to prepare and work out, and they, and they knew in ahead of time that the chain was going to be hanging. They're like, I I would have just came better prepared. I would have brought like a magnet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying that would have just ended the match immediately. I've learned really good archery, and then just that's right. Shut no, it down. no sweat, no bloodshed. Okay, I'm out of here. I got the chain. Fuck you. But this match had some bloodshed, Jane like most first blood matches do. Yep, as they should. And yeah, I don't mind the finish. It's kind of put together pretty well. Yeah, yeah. You know, like it is what it is. It, it, it is. It is what it is. Has happened. But yeah, probably a promo or two or something to hype this yeah. thing more. Probably could have changed your perception. <laughs> I didn't know this was happening until it fucking happened. Yeah. Like, oh, wait, what? It seemed, Shane, Shane Douglas is here? It seemed more forced than it was entertainment, at least for me. So, but it was cool. Scott Steiner promo. Speaking oh. of force. Yeah. What are your thoughts on seeing Scott Steiner talk, Evan Pittsfield? Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm just trying to think, like, is he... He, he had kind of a little bit of, like, a... a a slight feminine tone to his voice, but still kept the macho thing going. You know, like he tried, he, he was hiding it a little bit. He was very macho, but you can kind of see, like, I, I don't know if he was confused. If he, like, <laughs> feminine did, is something I've never heard used to describe. You've never heard yeah. <laughs> I, I should probably clarify, my volume was on mute at this time. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, your subtitles had really good uh, feminine right. tones. Yeah, this is where the French subtitles kicked in. <laughs> I love I love that the girl with him at one point just kind of cuts him off to go, I know what he's talking about, but you tell him what you're talking about, Scott. And he cuts right back into the promo. Bitch, why'd you stop him? That's right. The freaks know what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Very feminine right there. Now that I said that, yeah, I feel feminism coming out of me. I want to vote for Hillary Clinton by saying that, you know, like saying... (laughs) <laughs> Listen, he started flipping out um, before the match, right? This is the guy that was this, trying to... This is a promo, yes. Yeah. It's just an interview. Of his this is what should have happened for the last match we saw, yes. It was pretty weird because he seemed like... Uh, he seemed tamed when being asked the questions, but then when it was his turn to talk, he just flipped out. You know, like he would resume back to like normal face. And they're like, so what, what do you want to do? He's like, he's like as, I want to beat the shit out of this. As normal face as normal face can be wearing <laughs> chain mail over help. your head. True. Right? Okay. From True. now on, when we have people uh, that are going to, like when we have our non-wrestling fan comedian right. and Scott Steiner's on the show, we have to prerequisite that they watch the math. Uh, yes. Promo. We played it yeah. on the at last the last one. show. 
We played but, it already. Yeah, but, but we'll, 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 let, we'll tell you about it later. Yeah, we'll tell you about it later. It's a classic. Just so you can, just so going into this, you know what's up with Scott Stein. Okay, you He's, know the crazy individual who we speak. Yeah. He seemed like somebody that would be a character in an RPG that I play. Yes, he definitely would be. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe a knight at the round table or something. Oh, sixteen-year-old Jake Manning wanted to RPG Scott Steiner for yeah. sure forever. <laughs> He is the basis of my D and D character. <laughs> Level thirty seven. Chainmail and all. Yep. Chainmail and all. He's a dungeon master. So that's the chainmail of the freaks. That's what we call it. Mm-hmm. Match number nine: Lex Luger and Buff Bagwell taking on Sergeant Dwayne Bruce and Goldberg. Um. Why is, there, why is there ten goddamn matches on this show? Uh, I know, but they all kind of. But the thing is, though. You have to keep in mind, at this moment in time, this is like a co-main event situation. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, gosh, I, I had it written down here. Basically, there's like less than a like, it's like 20 minutes left in the show, mm-hmm. and we have two main oh, events yeah. that are going to happen. Normally, oh, a main yeah. event elapsed for 20 minutes. And this thing goes 13? Yes. I was kind of concerned. I was like, oh, uh, did Jake not send me the second video? <laughs> no, was like, a whole lot of that. Because usually the main events like... Well, maybe that's because the first matches were so good. That's what Rick Flair <laughs> said that I, his, matches, his match with Nick Thockwickle was so good and they didn't put it on as the main event mm-hmm. and people are still waiting in Toronto for the main event to get on. <laughs> <laughs> Rick, you're not even allowed in Canada anymore. I just... <laughs> <laughs> Calm down, old man. Oh, but Lex Luger, yeah, um, not doing very well right now. So and Lex Lugerish. Yeah, uh, his haircut troubles me. That's what I have to say. His haircut really troubles me. Um, just really worried about him. It's like he kind of. It's like he went into the barber shop and he's like, "Yeah, give me like the nineteen fifties pedophile." <laughs> yeah. Fuck up my whole world, fam. Give me something that I'm gonna wear in my like mug shot in about a year or two. Yeah, he, I yeah, I went there. Went there. <laughs> well, I think he had a couple of them. So yeah, yeah. we don't know which one this we're is, talking this about. This is very in general mug shot we're talking <laughs> about. Here. We're trying to make your haircut look as close to the doll of you's haircut. Yeah. So we have to kind of trim it. I the thing that was just kind of weird to me uh, is that this was like the match of the people with the worst names <laughs> ever. Like this is kind of, if like Hannah Barbera was a pervert. <laughs> You'd be like, hey, it's Lex Luger versus Kind of the same Buff company because Turner Bagwell. owns that as well. Yep. So, like, um, it's just like, what the Evan, you know, Goldberg is back right now, currently, as oh, we're recording this podcast. He's like now on WWE and he had this big intro and stuff like that. Oh, wow. And a big part of Goldberg being over was the entrance. And you got to see that entrance. When you saw Goldberg's entrance, where he walks all the way from the back and the music and him coming through the smoke and the fireworks and stuff like that. What were your thoughts on Goldberg's entrance? Well, my first thought, of course, was like, I hope they have a fire extinguisher. <laughs> There's fucking fireworks and everything going off. Um, I know that for a fact, uh, this is definitely the part in the show where the crowd participation was at a max. Right? Yeah. Everyone was definitely there to see him. And uh, I got to see, it looked like a lot of people, kind of like a concert, were coming down to the front, even though they didn't have tickets to those seats. And I got to see that pretty much everyone there had like uh, Harley Davidson attire there, but when he but yeah, when he walked out on stage, I don't know. I kind of felt like he knew he was going to lose. You know, it it kind of looked like they, he, they, they he still he still kept the, the stage persona, and he's still like, yeah, I'm fucking Goldberg. But at the same time, it he just he kind of seemed a little down. Like I don't know his history, but 
I know every single promo of him is him like eating someone else's head. <laughs> and then he's just kind of walking down like, here we go, guys. So I was like, this is a little... Like everybody else in the match seemed a little more pumped, I guess, than, than he did. You know, even even the guy with fireworks, I was like, he's less happy than he should. And, be. and even the fan that turned on him, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the Make a Wish kid from the back. God, I hope you die now. Yeah, but like he, he like maced him, and then, but the thing is, I what I loved about it, he got thrown over the rail mm-hmm. very smoothly and oh, accidental, yeah. and then security was right in there, which I was like, oh, they did this very really mm-hmm. good you know as a plant or whatever but then all of a sudden like Lex Luger just taps him on the shoulder and then let him up and he goes yeah and he high fives Lex Luger and allows him to stay to the end of the match on the inside of the barrier yeah. barriers like he's now a manager yeah exactly like that's like ridiculous like to me they should have carved him off he was gone yeah. if they wanted to make it look so, some sort of realism like what's going because that, that, that whole sense of what's going on it, it ends the sense of frenzy to the end of the match yeah. but when he's just up just like yeah I sprayed him in the face with mace it just kind of kills the whole thing yeah. also it's like uh, he didn't just spray him in the face like he fucking drenched him in the face with mace that had no foam for starters and I was like he, wait a minute he's like okay uh did you tell me about your knowledge of mace and how it looks coming out? Look, I uh, I can neither confirm nor Okay, 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 okay. He only caught a glimpse of it for a couple <laughs> seconds. Yeah. After that, he's pretty clueless how it looks. Yeah, I have so, no clue. Like, Just because I have a minimal avoidance distance from a preschool doesn't mean I've been sprayed with mace, yeah. okay? <laughs> but no, he, it's... It just seemed like he was sprayed in the face with a super soaker, not so much no. pepper soaker. Because he did get up and he was just like, "Can we just go to the next scene?" It's kind of big guy. You don't want to. You don't want to spray someone his size and his veracity with not enough mace. Well, yeah, I think. I just. I think like someone. I think maybe they were doing their job, and someone whispered to him like, "You only have two minutes left." And I, <laughs> and I think they're just like, "Okay, well, let's just keep going through the scene." And okay, he sprays me, and then he does this. And then, it's, yeah. and then we get in the ring, and, and I almost die on this Doomsday blockbuster <laughs> finish that uh, Lex Luger can barely get me up for. Like, old man Luger's got to use the ropes. Like, got you, buddy. I got you. I just need a little... I need a, I need a spot. Can you spot me and then hop back up? Just don't let me down like you let Miss Elizabeth down. So, oh, oh, yeah. There it is. There it is. Well, there that's it, is. it for another edition of How This Get Booked. <laughs> When he was like younger, was he like named like a better weapon? Was he like Lex <laughs> AK forty five or AK? I was like, no, no always a Luger, always the little package. Yeah, always the okay. little package. Narcissist for a while, Narcissist but for a while. as someone who's like a weapon enthusiast, I don't think a Luger is a total package. I don't know <laughs> what series of warfare that you'd feel prepared in going with one Wolfenstein. Luger. Well, well, with infinite <laughs> continues, yeah, oh, I, I could see that. I could see that. Oh, supposedly the whole total package. Moniker was giving us a joke. Right. They were trying to teach him how to do a small package in the locker room, and he couldn't perform the small package, which is a very elementary move. So they nicknamed him the Total Package, you know, because you're like, oh, he's the Total Package. He looks and great, he knows how to wrestle and stuff like that. But the fact that you couldn't execute the small package yeah. uh, was kind of. The fact that you can't wrestle. Uh, yeah, it was an inside <laughs> joke of Lex Luthor. Yeah. So. Oh. That's. It's very hard on him this podcast. We can move away from him. And now it's the real man. <laughs> Look, don't worry. He's not fucking listening. Well, and also, too, he's <sighs> done enough grief to people yeah. and, and like, treated people like crap. I feel perfectly You'll be okay. And also, too, my rule in wrestling is always I'm allowed to 
talk shit about you if you've made more money than me. Uh-huh. And he most certainly has done sure that. Has. So have a lot of people in yeah. professional wrestling. So I'm just Hence why this everybody. podcast exists. So and, um, and besides, like, another rule of thumb, he couldn't kick my ass. Not in that wheelchair. No! <laughs> so, so if he wants to fight about it, tell him to roll up. <laughs> Literally. Literally. I love you, Rock Lex. <laughs> we love you, Lex. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and then pandering to because <laughs> he might run into him soon. Yeah, who knows? At you know. the at the McDonald's, I think uh, <laughs> he he's there. the first wrestler. I had written down he sold. He's the first wrestler that people sent a get well card to, <laughs> and meant it sincerely. Well, speaking of get well cards, oh, match number oh, ten. Oh God, Jeff Jarrett just came taking on Sid Vicious, taking on mystery partner, taking on Scott Steiner. This is where I should make note. There, from the t- this whole main event of the show, plus entrances, goes 10 minutes. Okay. Now, even with the, the incident that happens, I don't know how much more was left to do in the match. Which, God, I hope not much more. Because that was the cue for, for the mystery man to come out, who we... Likely, you know. I can only assume that the rest of the match was a pop on Jarrett and then the double on Sid anyway. Exactly. It wasn't as much more than what happened anyways. Yeah, so just, there wasn't much planned for this match even to begin with. Yeah. So And also, too, like, Flair interrupting Mike, Michael Buffer in his intro. Michael Buffer, yeah. I believe... Gets a million dollars to do the let's get ready to rumble thing, and Every Flair just cuts it. him off. Just another example of Ric yeah. Flair wasting money. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's all this he is. He only got 500k that time. Yeah, <laughs> he only did let's get, and he didn't do. And it doesn't deliver the mystery man. I, and let's you know Sid Vicious, or as I'd like to call him in this match, lackadaisical Sid, because <laughs> knees McGee's over here. <laughs> exactly. I was just kind of offended because. You know, to your point, it's it's three hours in, and you know it's this it's this big event, and you're expecting like a, a great time, and it ends really quickly. Pretty much as my girlfriend would concur, it's kind of like my sex life, you know. Like you could have definitely had sex with your girlfriend in the span of this in, match. For a, sure. a few times, a, a few, few times. times. Oh God! A few times. It's I'm not you know <laughs> with foreplay. Not that I'm shitting on your quickness, right. just the stamina to get right back up afterwards. <laughs> Yeah. Blows my mind. I think compared to Lex Luger stamina, we all have it. But yeah. <laughs> it was just like I said. I, I was like, this was the official uh, fight where I actually made popcorn. I'm like, okay, <laughs> this is the main event. And like you said, it was ten minutes. And to be honest, it was a lot uh, less epic than I thought. I thought it was kind of like, oh shit, yeah, we for- totally forgot we've been baking people with this mystery man all the time. Just bring him out. And the- yeah, that's been the whole show <laughs> of all this is who's the mystery man, yeah. mystery man. Yeah. And this is we're gonna find the mystery man. No, we're not gonna see him. And also, too, another mystery that I have, another mystery that I have is the, the fan who sprayed Goldberg in the face. Yeah, yeah. The dad is still in the crowd. Yeah. Like, hey, my kid's a fuck up, but I paid money for these things. Like, you just saw your son, like, publicly run away with Lex Luger and Buff Bagwell. <laughs> and, and also, too, another thing that's messed up about Goldberg, like, that's the end of his career because I think the stipulation at that time is he was going to go on the streak. Right. Mm-hmm. And if he lost another match, he would have to quit WCW. So now the streak was implied in this match. So now the biggest star in WCW is not going to be on Nitro <laughs> the next day. So, like, I no, don't know but- why you do that. So now everybody's feeling like, oh, like our big franchise player 
That's like saying that, like, you know, Peyton Manning isn't coming back at all this year. Not only is he suspended, he's done for the entire year. He's gone. Yeah, how the Patriots would have felt then. No, but you got to look at it from the perspective of, like, a a collector looking to make money, right? Like, so his dad sees uh, Goldberg and then, like, chase after him. But his dad is thinking, like, well, well, if Goldberg punches my son in the face... Uh, I can sell my son's face <laughs> on on eBay for a lot of eBay was around in two thousand one, right? So he's it, just saying that's it's worth it. Exactly, but also too like his son screwed over like the most popular star in in, in WCW at this oh, moment yeah. in time, but he's still in the crowd. He was, that's, but I don't know why the fans aren't turning on him. A la Steve Bartman, you know what I'm saying? Like, why yeah, he is was, the dad getting like Steve Bartman as Kate and beer thrown on him in the front row? He he totally archduked Trojan horse the whole thing, and uh, apparently didn't no one beat him up over it for it. Exactly. Um, now in this match, it gets short. There's a certain instance where there's, there's an edit, and sh- and Ric Flair's like uh, he's like, all right, it's showtime, and he gets the mystery partner. Right now, I, I'm not exactly sure on the edits. I've been trying to figure it out myself, but there's an instance that happens. In this match, where Sid jumps off the second rope, and he's supposed to give a knee to Scott Steiner, and that was—I believe—that was also the cue mm-hmm. for for him to come out. Hence, why they made the cut. Oh, they okay. did, and Sid's leg. Well, let's just let you watch. Let's watch. Let you watch what happens. Evan Pittsfield. Okay. This is very interesting for a non-wrestling fan. To see. While we are watching the mystery opponent come in now, Sid Vicious up on top. Oh, that is look, so look at the difficult. Look at the left oh, foot. That is so difficult to watch. We've seen wow. it already. Oh. He actually looks like one of my wrestling figures <laughs> in, in real life. <laughs> so they are posable in real life. Yes. Okay. Yes. Jesus. That's, that's quite vicious. Uh, no. <laughs> Brother, you have solid three so far for that set. <laughs> <laughs> Good on you. That was uh, so. I, I watched an event once, uh, kind of related <coughs> with my friend as a huge NWA fan, and there's like this De Silva guy, and the same thing pretty much happened. Like he kicked someone. And oh his, yeah, yeah, yeah. His leg just turned into a noodle. It was pretty, pretty yeah. gross. He was uh, shin checking him. Mm-hmm. And fucking snapped his good fucking. That's, that's I don't like it. But that was like his leg. I think did a full rotation. Yeah, <laughs> he just snapped in half. Like he officially has RPM with his left leg. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was that was pretty gross. Yeah, but just completely shattered. And I I looked up uh, some information on this, and Sid talked about this in a shoot interview with with our video, and he said that Johnny Ace was the one that pressured him into doing that knee off the second. And they, he said, I had to do it because it was the cue for them to come out, but I didn't want them to do it. They, and they forced me to do it. From what I know from WCW at this time, and what everybody says about it, they say that the inmates were running the asylum. Yeah. I'm pretty <laughs> sure Sid Vicious could have been like, no, no, I'm going to choke slam Scott Steiner. That's the cue now. <laughs> and I don't necessarily feel too bad for Sid in this sense. After watching, like, I always felt bad for him, but then after watching his performance in this match, just kind of lackadaisically going through stuff. Yeah. I think he was dealing with some injuries at this time, too. It he, sure is now. He said that he had a hard time putting his belt on at this time. He was back. I don't know what was going on. <laughs> his leg belt. Yeah. But whatever. But, like, he was just, like, not doing very well and just slowly moving through this entire match. It's just one of those things of, I, I don't know quite what was going on, but it's, like, that idea of, like, not respecting the danger that exists in professional wrestling. Yeah. You know, like, not to do anything like that. And he just got caught. 
And obviously the mystery partner is unveiled as Road Warrior Animal, which I, nothing against Animal, I feel like this is a letdown because we all we've seen from WCW when they, a mystery partner or something, because of the whole back and forth of the Monday Night Wars, are we going to see somebody from WWE. WWE come over? Like, if Val Venus came over in the main event, <laughs> would have been huge. Uh, but the, nobody expected, like, Road War Animal and... Nor and, gave a shit. And just, he just joined up with Scott Steiner and Jeff Jarrett, and so, now they're together. But it's Ric Flair who brought him in. So it's like a double turn. And it's a situation like... I hate it when they do that because pro wrestling, we're not that smart. We're not that clever. No. You know? well, the, really the, not. the cool part about uh, this is that this has helped me confirm the answer to the question of how did this get booked. And clearly it's, well, everything that sucks will just cut out. <laughs> so no one sees how we got booked and didn't get canceled. Because that was definitely edited. I did not see him break his leg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now I'm thinking, okay, there's three hours of, of essentially build up on this mystery character, and the final match sucks, and his fucking leg breaks, and then the mystery character, someone, half the audience is like, who the fuck is this? The other half is like, oh, that kind of is a letdown. Yeah. Anti- an anticlimactic reveal. I mean, but of course, then it was just one stop and an elbow drop and done. Done. And that's it. And just, just a stomp, boom, that's it. It's over. The, the foot stomps of death and that's what ends this paper i'm pretty sure the entire thing had a different uh ending planned but the coach was kind of like dude game of thrones comes on in like 10 <laughs> minutes so you guys need to hurry this shit up hey this okay. guy's legs fucking broke can we go yeah, yeah i think that was what, and that's the thing too i think the finish happened well they had an emt in the ring <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah it was yeah. just like the most awkward thing ever and you could see it like and it just it was just yeah they made it classy like as they're carrying them out like the credits are rolling and it has like the Japanese like fin. Like, what happened here? I, it was entertaining. Uh, I even without the broken leg part being in there though. That, but that would have put it over the top. Yeah, that would have. That'd have been the highlight. That was ridiculous. You know, I, I that's that's why I'm not in good shape because I don't <laughs> want that to happen. So I'm just I'm because if you got in good shape, people would expect you to jump off of things and knee people in the face. Yeah, I'm minimizing my risk as gotcha. far as I'm concerned. So. It was an inspiration. But yeah, I think it's rather shitty that he dumps it on Johnny Ace. Yeah. Yeah. So now this whole thing has occurred. Uh, I don't know. Did you look much at the Wikipedia page for this? No, no but if you did, please. I, I ran out of time. I, so please uh, jump on So us. this is the only thing. Uh, the promotional poster for WCW Sin has Sting on it. Hmm. But right. he's I, not I, there. But I, they don't talk about why Sting's not in the fucking deal. I do remember that, yes. But yeah. Things on the poster, just on the show. Hmm. Unless that was supposed to be the fake secret partner at one point. I don't know the build up to this or anything. I don't know what Sting's doing at 2001. But still, he would have turned on. Yeah. I don't. But that wouldn't have made it any better. No. Like just the bait and switch, huh? But I just I don't. That's weird. I didn't know if there was any. If you knew anything about why Sting was no, there. No, I, I tried to do a little bit. Th- I would love for somebody to know. So if that. you're sitting at home and know why Sting did not show up at Sim 2001. So Sting and Sid Vicious's left leg didn't show up <laughs> they, for this. <laughs> Sting didn't show up. His leg left early. Yes, <laughs> that is exactly what happened. But if you guys can get to the bottom of this, we've actually put in a lot of time 
We're this a, podcast. Is that time correct? That a time is from correct. from zero to now. Yes, we're almost as long as this paper. Let's take it home, boys. Yes, yes, exactly. I was told that every minute's a dollar for me, so I'm just trying to keep it. Going. <laughs> I hear you. Well, fuck. Well, no. Yeah, it's, it's a dollar for you to give unto us. Unto us. Well, monopoly dollars are accepted, right? For yeah, they are now. Yeah, they are. All right, good. I brought a few. But anyways, if you guys have have some more information about this show and why it was booked and how it was so bad. Please, you know, for all your corrections, tweet me at manscoutmanning, or you can email me at jake at sslshow.com. Also, too, make sure you log on to the website, howdidthisgetbooked.com, and make sure you subscribe on iTunes and Google Play. Also, to subscribe on YouTube at youtube.com backslash manscoutmanning, and follow on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com backslash manscoutmanning. Let you guys know that the next episode, we will be covering the WWE pay-per-view in your house Degeneration X, Aww. ladies and gentlemen. So it's another network show. I would make sure that you log on there and check that show out. But this has been another edition of How Did This Get Booked? Woo! This has been a DSCT.TV production.